Wardcast episode 243, go! go! I'm Dylan Alvento, and today I'm joined by Alex Damrath. Hello! And Nelson W. Johnson. Hello. How how are y'all doing on this fine on this fine day? Swell. Yeah? Yeah. That's yeah. good. That's good. Everyone's energy's up. Everyone's ready to talk video games. I'm always ready to talk video games. It's fall season. I've got my coffee. Yeah. Thank God. I'm here I, for it. I, I went I, I cooked on my grill outside last Ooh. night and it was so nice. I mean, just the perfect temperature. Fancy man. The right smell mm. in the air. God. Love the season. Love this season. Love hate pumpkin spice season. <laughs> uh, it's the reason for the season. Mm-hmm. That's right. I, I just hate the heat so much. Me too. Yeah. And, and, and weirdly enough, it seems to be getting hotter every year. Every yeah. Year. It's almost like Kinda there's sucks. something that we could do about it. Yeah. Uh, but we. I don't, don't know about that. Um. Uh, another thank you to uh, Abby Russell for joining us last episode. Uh, and. Uh, hello to anyone that have might have just discovered the 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 show uh, after us having her on, and we seem to have the best timing, guys, because we asked Abby about what it's like to work at Viacom CBS, and it turns out that Giant Bomb will no longer be a part of Viacom CBS in the near future. Good time. Uh, just at the top of the show here, I want to talk about this little piece of news. Uh, CNET Media being acquired by Red Ventures from Viacom CBS. CNET Media being GameSpot, Giant Bomb, and CNET, and probably some other stuff. Ziff Di- oh, Metacritic, apparently, oh, that's right. is, is included in there. And right. then, like, whatever weird remnants of Ziff Davis still exist. It's like ZD something. Um, I really need to find out what it is now. What happens to still be around? And Ziff Davis used to, Ziff Davis used to own... Oh, GameSpot, yeah. right? Yeah. Like Ziff Davis oh, used to be they... like top dog. And then now huh. it doesn't exist. Or Ziff exists, Davis, but... a subsidiary of J2 Global Incorporated, is a leading global digital media company operating in three core verticals technology, gaming, and shopping. Its brands, PC Mag, Mashable, Speed Test, Extreme Tech, Geek, Toolbox, IGN, Askman, Offers.com, Tech Bargains, eMedia, and Salesify. <gasps> Produce and distribute premium content across multiple platforms and devices. All right. So I guess it's IGN. I thought it was yeah, GameStop too. In, in in October 2000, CNET Networks acquired ZDNet for approximately mm. approximately 1.6 billion. In January 2001, Ziff Davis Media reached an agreement with CNET to regain the URLs lost in the sale of Ziff Davis to base to SoftBank. Blah 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 blah. blah. So I think like ZDNet is like some weird like offshoot of Ziff Davis where it's like it, that makes it sense. has it has like familial relations with Ziff Davis but can't be called Ziff Davis because that's owned by a separate company. Okay, that makes sense. So I guess the Ziff Davis stuff is is IGN because like on mm. the Ziff Davis website there is also Ziff Davis B two B as a different company and this and then Ziff Davis Tech. Um, but kind of interesting they own Humble Bundle. And the right. speed test website. Right. Oh. Yes. The Zoomla. <laughs> yeah. Or Ookla. Ookla. Sorry. Um, yeah. What this tells you 
uh, listeners, is that the world of of online media is a is a very convoluted, complicated, incestual thing that is extremely difficult to keep track of. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I was first. <laughs> uh, I think I was first like tuned into that kind of stuff with uh with AOL with like the AOL media shit. I don't know if you paid much attention to that, but like AOL media, you know, AOL used to be used to get top billing in the Time Warner uh company. So like Time Warner bought AOL when they were huge and then Time Warner became AOL Time Warner. Uh Time Warner owning things like, you know, HBO, uh DC Comics, all that TNT, stuff. I think. Yeah, just a giant company and they right. took AOL which used to be worth oodles of money and they shoved them to the top and they're like AOL is just as important as Warner Brothers and 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 Time magazine. And then AOL just like precipitously over time just became less and less valuable mm-hmm. <laughs> and they started squeezing the the so they had like their online media ventures which includes things like or included joystick still includes and gadget um and then you saw the mass exodus once AOL started putting the squeeze on those uh, outlets. And that basically caused the the emergence of Polygon and uh, uh, right. uh, The Verge. Right. So like all of the all of the mainliners on joystick and Engadget left and they all created those those verticals. Those over under, yeah. Which we used to be SB Media because SB Nation, the sports vertical, used to be the only uh vertical and so it was sb media and then it got renamed to vox media and then that's how we got vox and sb nation curved and all that other shit and i'll take it though i think curbs under something else now um but anyway so like so i guess this digital marketing firm is buying giant bomb GameSpot, uh and a bunch of other places and cnet obviously um which I don't know. Do you guys care about this? Do you guys pay attention to this? I feel like I'm I'm super tuned into the side of, of <laughs> the games industry landscape and it's frankly a terrifying thing. I I am personally of the mind that like until enough starts drastically changing or until things start being like, oh, ooh, I don't know about these like new business decisions. I don't know that I have enough of a um enough of a real stance on it. Sure. I think I think I'm basing most of my worry off of um, the the current geo media situation over with like Kotaku and Deadspin and all oh, that stuff. Oh, that's fair. I yeah. mean, we have been seeing this, seeing that happen multiple times in the industry that we follow. So, well, I mean, right. but like, and that's and that's just the reality of like online media in general is that like someone owns owns these news outlets and thinks that they're just kind of like money wells that they could just like you know run until dry. And I mean, it's what happened with Kotaku. I mean, like Kotaku still exists, but like Deadspin, especially like the big ouster of all the Deadspin folks, which if you don't know the specifics, you know, yeah. all right. So, oh boy, so you got, so you got, I'm going to go through this real quick because I mean, it's so easy to get caught in the weeds uh-huh. here, but I think it's, I think it's an interesting study and it's something that's happened in, in the last year. All right. So Geo Media, which includes the verticals, it includes Kotaku, it includes uh, uh, Gizmodo, Jalopnik, Jezebel, Deadspin, right? Those all used to be underneath what was Gizmodo Media uh, that was owned by Unilever. And then Unilever also owned, along with those things, uh, Clickhole and The Onion. Um, Interesting. And then uh, Unilever wanted to offload 
because I guess they thought they weren't making enough money. So like in a we're in an late stage capitalist world where the goal is to always be making more, media is a thing that just makes the same. Like it's ever like ever increasing in t- returns. It's like, oh, we have we have ad dollars, we have ad buys and all that stuff. And like it's just it's going to make us a certain amount. And we have amount of like daily users and monthly clicks or whatever, whatever. And like is it's I think it's really hard for like investors to see a way like through like user acquisition because everyone looks at the silicon valley it's like they're constantly making money even though like uber and things like that like the unicorns are like constantly like lost leaders like they're not they're not making money they just have huge number of users um so like unilever owned all these and they're like we're not making enough money so they sold it to a private equity firm and the private equity firm renamed it to geo media um and started and reinst and, and stated a new ceo so that's jim spanfeller i think is his, his name mm-hmm. and he's just been like gumming up the works and making all these horrible changes he put in autoplay uh like uh unmuted ads on like kotaku and that became like a huge point of contention and then like the big one was that he approached like one of the lead editors over at deadspin because deadspin uh historically has been a sports blog but also one that is like very focused on like inserting political commentary and like social commentary into it and like and this is also this is also the same company that used to have gawker and the right, whole reason right. like gizmodo media used to be gawker media kind of like what became in dire straits is because gawker kind of like and everyone has their different opinions on this it's like and it's hard for me to 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 really know where i stand because like in some ways gawker did some really good things they also did some really bad things like things like outing people's sexual identity in the celebrity space and all that stuff and that came to a head because they i, I believe they outed peter Thiel. Hmm. was that like the yeah I'm, i might be getting that wrong so like sorry if I, I got that wrong but basically they angered peter Thiel. peter Thiel uh basically lay in wait until they then leaked that hulk hogan sex, sex tape, tape where he where hulk hogan said all that racist shit and then hulk hogan sued gawker and then peter Thiel gave him all the money for it right peter Thiel, if you don't know being one of the primary investors in facebook and running the company palantir that is like a private security technology firm and just like one of the most like he is like a kingmaker in silicon valley and also just like the most unscrupulous human being imaginable down to the fact that he runs a fucking security company named after the fucking you know evil MacGuffins in lord of the rings like it's not it's it's not it's not like a well hidden thing guys um but so like that caused that just drained gawker of all their money like gawker used to be like a pretty self-maintained thing and then gawker just like went broke and so they had to sell parts of themselves to other companies that's when unilever bought all the other verticals except gawker gawker basically like went kaput as a vertical and then unilever over a couple of years said like we don't want this anymore so we're selling it to another firm it also led and then they sold and then they sold click hold to cards against humanity which is its own fucking thing um but then it also like uh there was uh also led to i think it was either a click hole or an onion headline that was like we're no longer owned by unilever so now we can tell them how much their logo sucks and it was just like an article <laughs> talking about how stupid the unilever logo was uh or univision i'm saying you Unil- i think it's there's no way it's univision but you but unilever is like a uh, like a soap company isn't it oh no it is unilever wait no no it's univision it is it's univision okay all right okay Yes, because Univision, like, look at this logo. 
Yeah, Univision Communications. Univision Onion. Oh, that's weird. Huh. I don't like that logo. So anyway, um so, so okay. So, so that's yeah, so that's the background. And then like so like Deadspin, they told Deadspin to stick to sports, stop doing politics, and then they said no, and then that led to um the firing of that one editor and then like a mass exodus of like its entire writing staff. Um in in uh, uh solidarity with that one worker. Um Gizmodo Media also having like a pretty healthy union relatively to in, in the media landscape. Like I mean the I don't know what the I don't even know if CNET Media has a union. Um so I don't know how much they can they can bargain for. But yeah, so like I think the CNET Media acquisition just really scares people. It's like, well, here's another one. It's also they're being like acquired for like a third of the price that CBS bought them for. <laughs> I think Weird. CBS bought them for like 1.5 million and now they're being offloaded for 500 million. Woof. Um so yeah, I don't th- I don't think that's uh I don't know. I think uh, Alex, you linked to the article that, or the little blog post that Jeff wrote on Jeff Zone, yeah, which Jeff. I didn't know oh. was still being main- maintained. Oh, of course, um, Jeff Gerson's Tumblr page. It's still mm. a thing. I think. I think the title of that site is Jeff Gerson is still a threat. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. Yes, Jeff Gerson is still a threat. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and he seemed positive about it. Which, yeah. I don't know, gives me a little hope. I mean, I know we have a precedent in here, but it's uh, that, that's the one thing that I think could ease my own mind. And I would hope I yours. suppose. <laughs> well, I mean, but it's just the fact that they're being sold for less and less money and the same thing happened with like Gizmodo Media. Like, I feel like it's just like a resource drain. It's just like, I don't know. But like the signals, the Red Ventures giving is like, I don't know. They're like, we want to reinvest and reaffirm like this in this space and yada yada yada. And Jeff talks about in that little blog post about, yeah, I never felt like Giant Bomb ever like reached its full potential. And I've heard mm-hmm. rumblings of things like, you know, them getting less and less money to like go to events and stuff. So like last Pax West, it was like just Abby and Jan that did the panel because oh, they really? didn't they weren't given an, any more money to like fly more people out, and that was all they were given. It was also something like. I know Austin Walker's talked in the past for Vice, like Vice. It was always a fight to like get Vice to to give them more resources for Waypoint slash Vice games, mm-hmm. um, which is weird because once you follow that trail all the way up, it's fucking Disney. Like they're owned by goddamn Disney. Like money <laughs> should not be that like that big of an issue. But, but once you have it, all you want to do is keep it. So you just you know never look yeah. out for the things that you own that kind of need it. Anyways, uh, that's weird. Um, I hope I hope all those folks. I hope it's green green pastures for them. I hope it's hope it's good Fingers things crossed. in the future. Yeah, best wishes. All right, this other weird media thing that's been happening. Apparently, G four is back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Any thoughts on the gamer network coming back, guys? Uh, Alex, <laughs> it's funny how. I don't know. I I have fond memories of of G four. I have fond. I think memories we all do. X play. Yeah, it was. You know, back back when sort of gaming wasn't quite as mainstream. Finally, the channel for me. And uh, um, I don't know. Having since grown up, having since witnessed a boom 
of video games being much more culturally acceptable, much more widely appreciated by the masses. Um, looking back on it, G4 kind of, what's the right word? Uh, propagated, propensated, the some of the worst of this culture. It's kind of cringe. It's, it's like kind of cringe. Kind of <laughs> very it shortly, cringe. yes. <laughs> I uh I don't remember the specific show show. I think it was like wasn't there one called like Cheaters or Cheat or something? That was Cheaters like about- is not G4's fault. Cheat Cheaters for the record. Cheaters was around for a long time before G4 and it will be around for a long time after. Alright, am I thinking of a different show? Okay. I'm thinking of the show that was specifically about like cheat codes in video games. Oh. That I think was just called Cheat. Okay. Are okay. you thinking of a show about of- like being uh uh infidelity? <laughs> Yes, it is an amazing, <laughs> oh, no. also terrible reality show wherein uh, private detectives find uh, cheaters. That and definitely seems like them. something that would be on uh, Spike TV. The yep. the, the that and cops to, on to loop. G4. Just constantly right. cops. It like, was there a was lot so of much, cops. It was, it was so, so much cops. Weird. It was so weird. Um, it made me I was, so uncomfortable. I was reminiscing. Uh, not fondly with uh, to be clear with, with uh, Dylan and Jeff about Code Monkeys which was their animated oh, show mm-hmm. um, led by one of the guys from from South Park not Trey or Matt but like some, some other guy some producer yeah it um, does have a South Park <laughs> feel to South it Park. oh it sure does uh, and man what an awful show I mean the hallmarks of that era and that mindset in that like the girl who wants you know equal rights and to be treated fairly at the software company is treated as a joke um this is a gag character you know it's also i mean it's like and it's like schlock that like control alt delete traded in right like it's mm-hmm. it's right it's 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 that kind of like mid-aughts like kind of thoughtless like let like it, I I'm oppressed because I'm a gamer and no one knows right, what video exactly. games yes. are in the early aughts <laughs> yeah like Mid mid early aughts like treated like the Venn diagram and the mid early aughts of gamer and incel was a circle to yes. to some folks <laughs> and it's it's kind of gross but like it, like even in that cheat show which I think this is the show I'm thinking of there's like one episode where the host uh, who was a woman they like had her dress in like this like in all like black leather and I think she had like a riding crop or like a whip or something I think she, I think she was talking specifically about like Ninja Gaiden or something it might have, like yeah. Some game that had like oh you know ridiculous like boob physics or something, and it's like even then it's like hey this is something funny to laugh at, but it's like we're laughing at it, but also like we're kind of cashing in on like the you know the sexism and the misogyny that, here. That also, um, that's also without even mentioning Attack of the Show, which I don't remember a lot. Like to attack the show to me which i i think i think for me the shows that i remember from g4 mm-hmm. were x play obviously i think everyone just thinks of x play mm-hmm. x play is the, the crown jewel of g4 which <laughs> is why adam sessler is now like the g4 spokesperson right which makes it weird when he had that transphobic freak yes. out earlier this year <laughs> which i i was sure was going to come up eventually here um <laughs> But but uh, so like for me it was it was X Play it was Attack of the Show it was probably Electro Electronic Playground was that the mm-hmm. Tommy Tallarico show, mm-hmm. um and yeah and Cheat and like anything else I didn't really I didn't really watch and then Attack of the Show was like a a, a 
successor to what was it screensavers like yeah. screensavers was the show and it was like a, it was like a daily talk show and they had like four hosts I, but i honestly don't remember do you remember more than i do nelson about like latent sexism within that show yes one of one of the f- one of the first gifts that you can find if you were to look up attack of the show and and like filter down to gif is of olivia munn the host having to like deep throat a hot dog and it's like oh. the, and and the thing is yes that was the evolution of screensavers but it evolved into this weird half news show which i think the modern day better version of that is is probably kind of funny games um yeah, okay uh-huh. and because it was like desk background with a led with an led led wall sometimes now that you say that this set looks exactly like the kind of funny right? set. now that i'm looking kind at of it. funny just like upped it a little bit by being like all right let's make our screen better and i was um, never a game scoop guy like i don't know what the fuck like greg miller and and co were i got into greg miller right as kind of funny was happening um okay. but there but there's this very boys club mentality to the most of the shows on g4 like it's it's very obvious that they were going for the 18 to 34 male yeah white demographic and if you look at some of the stuff that that they had olivia munn do or any of the any of the female co-hosts do you want to attack on the show it's very very clear that they are treated on a completely different level it's completely so weird differently than that we just kind of like let <laughs> the other hosts kind of get away scot-free like i don't like i think the only host i know of is kevin Pereira, mm. and it's not like he's like headlining any like he he hosted like the nintendo world championship like a couple years ago or mm. something right when they brought yeah. it back but it's not like he's doing yeah i mean like that's the a thing huge amount like, of shit a lot of this people are just it just goes over their head or or it goes in one ear and out the other because people are so used to bullshit like that that's gross it's weird that like and and again like we just talked about like kind of adam sessler's kind of like fall from grace a bit but also i don't remember i don't remember a lot of that stuff or or i don't remember morgan webb being like inundated with a lot of that and maybe it was just like the nature of that show where it was just like hey i'm a critic we're yes we're reviewing games and that's it it's not like a talk show where we have to like have segments and do entertainment and do all this shit um I think it, I think it's bullshit, but I think it's that Morgan Webb was had earned her place through screensaver. She earned her place Got in it. in a company that had backstage probably a really shitty like boys oh, only boys club oh, culture. Oh, she I earned bet. her place by being on tech TV before it was G four TV. Um, because then if you if you look at how they treated how they treat any of the women on the G4 shows, it's completely different from, I don't want to say completely different. It's different from how they treated them on tech TV. It's different from like screensavers, for example. And even then Morgan Webb was still like on that show. And it was like, Oh, we have like the cool girl with with, like spiky bleach blonde hair. And it's like, or you could just no, she's also just really smart. She's actually got really good opinions. You should listen to her. And then she gets her show, which is great. I think it's also like, I don't know. It's it's telling how when a lot of people uh, 
when a lot of people in games media go, I'm done. They go over to game the games industry. Like they mostly just go over to PR and everything. Like like Andy McNamara, who just left Game Informer and was editor in chief at Game Informer for what 10, 15 years, something like that, is now over at EA because it's just like, well, there aren't any more leads. Like I was at Game Informer. I'm I'm I was the the head of Game Informer and Game Stop keeps bleeding us dry and and axing more and more of my employees um like where where else in the media landscape am i going to go with that level like everyone is already so entrenched and it's always just constant fight for those folks like look at chris person who just left uh, or left like i say that as if it was voluntary he just got um uh laid off from kotaku uh he was the producer for highlight reel and the dude like people were asking him, it was like oh did you get laid off because like highlight reel was no longer doing the numbers he's like no it's like one of the most popular video series like out of all of like gizmodo media they just asked me or i'm not, I'm not gonna put words in his mouth but like it seemingly they asked him because like hey we got to make these numbers who can we cut oh this guy's this person's bringing in you know views but maybe they egotistically thought that they thought that they could make it up somehow and so they they laid him off. Unfortunately, because of the union, he was able to advocate and fight to get the rights to highlight reel. So now he's just over a Patreon doing highlight reel still and making over it that way. But now he he runs the whole show. He produces it. He could make that show what it is. But it's always this constant fight on the media side of like everyone just trying somehow to to make something of it. And it's wild. So, yeah, I mean, like in my head, I would love it for seeing that giant bomb game spot to be okay but it's it's hard for me to 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 remain pass op- with this yeah it's hard for me to remain optimistic and then the g4 stuff is so weird because like we're bringing it back we don't know what we're doing submit your <laughs> reel and we might put you we might make you a host it's like okay what does that mean am i getting paid do it's i a- is am i moving am i getting locate relocation fees like would it like yeah it's also it's also odd because I feel like there is at least a lot of research to be done into like, hey, what are the trends headed towards in regards to streaming? Are there streamers that we want to maybe get onto our platform so that we can either ingratiate our audience with the install base of all of these streamers or we are at least thinking future forward but instead it's just send us your reel yeah we got it we got not it. even clarifying like all right, is it a youtube show right okay is it like it's just you guys g4 have tv network? is coming back right what do you is have that? a network what? a cable network channel like what is it just going to be a block during adult swim because maybe right. that's the only thing that works it's with that so with a neighbor from aqua teen hunger force He's going to host it. Um, Carl. <laughs> yeah, Carl. Carl, me, no instructions to know how to rock. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Um, yeah. Anyways, that's that's the state of games media. <laughs> In case anyone was curious. Uh, I don't know. Like, again, I want to be optimistic. I want to be like, oh, man, G4 coming back. Like, let it be as good as it was in my in, in my memory. And then, like, you remember all the shitty stuff about it. You're like, hmm. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Let the past die. Kill it if you have to. Yeah. All right. Uh, Phil loves Star we, Wars. He quotes it all the time. It's yeah. all the time. Midichlorians, my favorite. I hate, I hate, I hate. Uh, <laughs> Just don't finish the sentence. Uh, all right. Speaking of Star Wars, 
Nelson, we talked with Abby a little bit about this. You still wrote Sims 4, the Star Wars, go back to Galaxy's End. Batu. You go to Batu. You can explore the Black Spire outpost, which has Doc Ondar's Din of Antiquities, um, Oga's Cantina, and Savvy's Workshop, I think, is the other one, Um, which is where you make your lightsaber in actual Galaxy's Edge. Then you also have Rebel Outpost, which has like one person you can talk to. And then you have the First Order Outpost, which has one person you can talk to. And when we talked about it last, I hadn't gotten to like really any of the, the meat of the game. And let me tell you, it's pretty boring. Um, <laughs> it's what I was hoping, or at least what I thought, and I shouldn't have done this because, because have thought. This, this is just not how games work. This is not how the world works. This is definitely not how the Sims works. What I thought was, all right, this says um this mission says like go do recon and i'm like all right cool i'm gonna just like do a mini game where i fly through no 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 that was stupid there are no mini games in this that was dumb nelson what you do is stupid stupid stupid, nelson (laughs) It, it it turns into a and i say this affectionately a twine game um where it's a picture so basically a visual novel so it's a picture of like your x-wing and it's like all right you're gonna go and do reconnaissance which of these three places do you visit and then you pick one and then it's like all right well these people are are really disgruntled about the the first order and then what do you do do you uh discourage people to join the first order or do you encourage people to join the resistance um and then you pick one and that's the end of the mission. You you just land your X-Wing and then come back. Yeah, but I mean, but isn't that what you do? Like, when you go to work in The Sims, like, sometimes you'll get a prompt yeah, and be like... but this is a theme park, Sure, Dylan. Yeah, but it's just... And I, I want I, theme park things. I want... What was the, it's what was the NES it's game? It's Star Wars themed. What was the NES um, Disney Disneyland game? Oh, wow. Uh, You're going over my head. I know this. Um, Disney's Adventures in the Magic Kingdom. Thank you. So what that was was, and honestly, they should just make this a make a new game that's like this, but with Star Wars World. Oh um, man, look at these sprites! Right, look at this goofy sprite! Right, yeah, it's not bad. So this motherfucker. Um, so yeah, it's basically like okay, you have here's here's Space Mountain, here's Main Street, here's the Pirates of the Caribbean, and you go to these areas and each ride is a uh a game. side-scrolling level or in one of them it's like a shooter it's a top-down shooter yeah but the thing is nelson the main interface in <sighs> the, the sims, sims is, is you click sims. on things you you click on a person and then you get a wheel of options i'm just you telling you the idea that, that i'm about another to pitch wheel to, 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 disney. to disney yeah, yeah. that they'll never use because they don't want good good ideas get get john drake on the phone pitch to him John Drake, if you're listening, you can call me. <laughs> I have a white lightsaber though, so I guess that's cool. I don't know. They're they're about that's to start selling cool. the the Disney. Even cooler, Alex Damra. They're about to start selling the Doc Ondar's Den of Antiquities Disneyland exclusive lightsabers on the website. 
So I'm oh, just wow. going to really? buy a lightsaber. Yeah. Just pre prefabricated. Just the, no, it's all the legacy ones. It's all the ones of characters that already exist with their own like kyber crystals. Oh, interesting. Um, right. You can vote on what you want the next one to be, though. Hmm. Would you I, like to know I, the options? I have to say. I'm going to send it to you anyway. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead and send it to me. I'll take a Please. look because I am interested. But <laughs> I'll buy five. Yeah, I, same. Well, that's the thing is I won't. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we know about your now. your your already created your perfectly fine lightsaber. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I, I just from what I've seen, what I've got is better than what Disney World can give me. <laughs> the one you have is better. I yeah. I continue to think that the smartest option for them would be to update them seasonally so that you phase out ones that um you phase out the old ones or you can bring them back you can bring them back every once in a while but you introduce new components every every so often like every quarter mm-hmm. um i don't see why they don't just that's free money all right we're just we're talking about star wars now instead of talking about the star wars content oh, that, right. that should just that should just tell you how uninteresting the star wars sim stuff is <laughs> can you build stuff within circle. galaxy's end like is there like a construction you can thing get a, you can get a droid but what you're doing is building a you're choosing a head and choosing a body and that's it right but you, you don't you build your can you bring that back to to your regular house i think so because yeah, I, I think you I've can seen build your house and you can build it to have um star yeah. wars stuff in it yeah i think you can like i think you can make like an, a moisture farm and shit or you can use like the moss eisley cantina like like countertop in your in your sims house which i mean that's ultimately what people want right like they want their garish <laughs> like i guess some people themed want rooms that's like this some room looks like that. a jungle and this that's one what my looks like gonna star be. wars my basement is going to be the millennium falcon when it's ready to go off, it just lifts the entire house. <laughs> yeah, it it busts through the roof. It yeah. just like takes off. You have to replace the roof. I'm gonna like. I'm still impressed by this goofy sprite from this magical it's kingdom. It's really good, it, dude. Like, why is there not like a Mugen mod where you put random NES sprites into like Mike Tyson's Punch Out? Like, I would fight Goofy. I mean, that's <laughs> I all salty bit is right. Yeah, but you would, salty you would fight Goofy. Just, so, just do you have like a vendetta stop. against Goofy? Yeah. That motherfucker is always smiling at me. He's always laughing at me. Why is he laughing at me? Why does he take care of his son? He's never good to Max. Wow. How come he gets to He's be a sentient terrible father. and Pluto is still a slave dog? How come he right. he is so narcissistic in an extremely goofy movie? His son just finally left the left the nest and he goes to college and Goofy goes, well, I should go to college too, Hyuk. And then he fucking chastises and harasses his son at college. And then his son is like, oh, dad, I want to be in the X Games. And he's like, X Games? I don't know what those are, but now I'm headlining the X Games, Hyuk. And then fuck this guy. Goofy's the worst father ever. He doesn't say I should go to college to bother my son. He has to go to college or he's going to get fired. Well, he should have gone to college. And no, he already gets fired because he works Mm. in the fucking factory. Wow. No, he works in a toy store. job shaming No, he works in a toy factory and he fucks up the assembly line and like destroys a bunch of equipment and his boss is like, you dumb motherfucker, you're fired. And then when he he must have changed jobs between the two movies because in the first one, he's definitely a photographer for a toy store. Doesn't he get in trouble in that too? Doesn't he like do something? Uh, or like he no, like leaves he just work gets a call from vacation? Max's principal and the principal's like, you need to control your son because he just made everyone love him in the auditorium. Uh, and <laughs> if you don't, 
make a shape up and fly right, then he's gonna get electrocuted. I think. Oh my god! <laughs> like the oh. actual words, like like he's gonna get the death sentence. Also, also, your son's friend is eating fistfuls of of easy cheese in, in god, the office. I love Please. that guy. Okay, you don't question, you don't kid, that character was what I wanted to be when I grew up. Like <laughs> <laughs> just. Those how it's to work technology only cheese-a. gets made in cheese. <laughs> that's it's Amazing. perfect. That's the life. That's Amazing. Oh, wow. Okay. So Star Wars, Star Wars, Galaxy. Star Edge. Wars, Star Wars. Is, um, is it? Is that what it's called? What's it called? Go to go to back to back to. No. So Bacteria? they don't actually have a word for it. It's just a planet that you 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 go on a vacation to Batu. Batu is the name of the location in. Right, but the expansion Edge. is called The Sims 4 Star Wars colon Journey to Betu. Oh, it is called Journey to Betu. Okay, I thought I made that up. Jesus. Maybe you don't play. Maybe I shouldn't uh, play this right before going to sleep. <laughs> I just start seeing diamonds over people's heads. Right. There's yeah, a word dream. for that. I'm not going to. Speaking. Uh, next time we see you, will be speaking Simlish. Mm-hmm. I was going to do fake Simlish, but I can't even do that. <laughs> I like that when they hire real musicians to replicate their songs. Yeah, and Simlish for yeah for the soundtrack. Um, I don't know. Under construction on the first Sims one soundtrack, still a banger. I saw Disasterpiece perform it live in a <laughs> in the GDC park last year. That's incredible. He did, awesome. he did a did a live set and he included Sims one under construction. That's amazing. In it. Um, all right, moving on. Let's uh, guys. All right, there's so much here. There's so much here. We have to talk. We have to talk about. Well, Dylan, how'd you like White Ocean Jacket Big? Big, big jacket, White Ocean. Why- big, wide jacket, Ocean. Um, <laughs> white Ocean, Big Jacket. Uh, I liked it. It's good. It's a fun game. It's a fun little game. How long is it? Like an hour? hour yeah, and a half? it only took me like an hour and a half. Um, oh, maybe a little bit more with the bonus chapter that came out recently. Oh, there's a bonus chapter. There is a bonus chapter. Oh, man. Time to reinstall it. Oh uh, well, it's a, it's a game I have on itch, and it's like three hundred megs, if that. So right. I don't think I ever uninstalled it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's also like seemingly multiple branches, maybe. Really? I mean, at the very least, that ending sequence can definitely go one of three different ways. Huh? Because I mean, it depends on like who you hand the stick to. Oh right, right. Um, I'll be honest. It's it's been a little bit, so I don't. So some of it has faded away from from memory. Um, it's extremely funny. Yes, Extreme, it's very extremely funny. Extremely cute. Uh, I I felt a very personal attachment to it because Mickey and I first started dating on a camping trip, Aww. and we are not not entirely unlike Morden Ben. So, so I think I'm so gonna get her to play it at some point. Mickey just bullies you constantly. <laughs> so so I'm have having, you met are us? You an abusive have relationship? You seen us? No. It's <laughs> no, it's, Alex. It's I need a- you to blink twice if Mickey is is abusive. His eyes are right. wide open, so everybody <laughs> knows. So there's there's a gun pointed at his head directly <laughs> off off camera. She's at work, so uh, I'm like wh- safe. But anyway, um, okay. So why don't you big jacket just to just to do the the brief the brief overview thing that i do it's a, a narrative game like a kind of kind of a walking sim but you don't do like a, a ton of walking so kind of just it's a, actually a it's a very cool system that plays on 
like vignettes set little little static set pieces that you walk around yeah. and, and just kind of talk to people um and the scene completes when you've talked to enough people uh i especially liked how it plays off of this for one particular joke um because every time the scene loads it has to be static and so at one point you wake up you go talk to ben who's like precariously trying to balance some firewood on a log about to chop it and you're like hey ben can i go talk to you over there and then when that dialogue cuts out the the, the static scene has been sitting on the bench and the log of log of wood he was trying to balance like topples over in front of you <laughs> It's a good oh, gag. so he has like teleported over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the way it's set up is like so you are control it's like third person you're controlling these characters in like very small areas and like like Alex said like the 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 conceit is that you are you're not anyone. Like you play all these characters at 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 certain points. So it's not a point of view game uh in that sense. But so there are four people um don't remember any of their names. Uh but you Mord, basically have ben, is more the the girl? Yes. Okay. And Ben's uh, the boyfriend. Ben's the boyfriend, uh, and then Aunt Cassie, Ca- Cassidy. Oh, I think Cass- it's Cassidy. They all um, have very like the Cohen brothers wrote all the names for these characters because oh, they're all like great. you know weirdly eccentric in one way or another. And I think yeah. it's Uncle Brian. I can't remember the uncle's name exactly, but I think it's Brian. Um, but yeah, they're all going on a camping trip, and so like it, it is the girl Mort and her boyfriend, and then her aunt and uncle are. Uh, taking them on this camping trip and they're just like going to the small campsite setting up camp doing all this stuff and and her boyfriend ben is like extremely shy um which creates just like a just a wonderful dynamic between them because they're both like i don't know what would you say like late middle school or something like they're not terribly uh-huh. old 12 13 12 ish yeah okay. so like i think mid- i think brian says something like i think they're 11 12 13 like he, he like can't remember exactly either so middle school age <laughs> yeah um but yeah ben is just like like completely nervously shy and just like difficult to talk to and then more is just like has the confidence of the world and then like uh yeah ben and, and cassie are both like uh did you say cassie or cassie i already blanked out i think it's cassidy um they are like they they are uh childless a childless married couple and like very relaxed adults right part of their yeah. narrative thrust is like you know do they want kids and ben's kind of like wavering on the no kids stance um especially now that they have these these two kids around right. um but but it's just very funny little vignettes you do random things like more like just like explores a campsite and like goes to get like goes to the bathroom and talks to like a park ranger there's like a part where you like get firewood there's like a guy that just sells firewood and it's just and there's a part where like cassidy goes bird watching um and it's all very funny like more is I think like the, the the driver of like most of the narrative yes. and also the humor <laughs> in the game. There's like and it, but it's like it's with Ward's character specifically. It's a lot of like I am so interested in the world. Like I want there to be excitement about around everything I do. And these adults are just so uh, 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 comfortable and content with just doing nothing. And there's like a there's like an interaction and like the interactions play out really weird and it might like, you know, uh, uh, send you off the game uh, if 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 you don't like this because it's very low production value not in a bad way but it's like it's obvious like they cut corners in very smart ways so like all the characters are two D so it's like Doom one style like you're controlling the character but they're walking a three D environment but like they have only preset angles 
And like the I, camera's a little. I think I don't they're really definitely three like D. You think so? I absolutely think so. The light plays off of them in various ways. They are three D models. They animate. It, it's they animate statically. Their frames are there's like no in betweens. But yeah. it, but you can see how like because when you rotate, that's a smooth transition, and you can see how the light changes on them. You might be when right. They do that. Uh, mm-hmm. it's hard to tell because there are there definitely are lots like, of 2D sprites though like in particular a lot of the objects that's that just sort of get scattered around the area, the area. Uh, and I mean but there's also lots of 3D objects so I, it's definitely a good mix um, yeah. that sort of creates the they, right they, they cut corners where they needed to um, right. and but like the camera is like locked in a very uh, frustrating way a lot of it's, the times it's tank controls it's left and right to rotate forward and back to move forward and back. So, um, again, some of the stuff might drive you up a wall. It doesn't, but like, there's no, there's no like animated dialogue. It's right. like when you interact with someone screen goes black and there's just like a little itty bitty, like white character portrait of whoever's talking with their name underneath it. And then like a line of dialogue. I also like all the unique, like character chirping. Like everyone has a distinct, like, I think like, uh, um, Dave, I'm, I'm, I keep blanking on these characters. Brad, Ben's Brad. The uncle? Ben, Ben's the, uncle the kid. Is Brad. Ben's the kid. Okay. Brad's the uncle. Okay. Brad. Brad has like a very like down pitch. Like like you can make all these sound effects and like it's like Undertale characters. They yeah, but, all have but their own not, little. But it's not like constant chirping like Undertale. Like like when Sans or Papyrus talks, it's like uh uh uh, and this it's like Whoop. it's like one note that's like held right. and then let go. Um, which I think is really good. I I enjoy that. It, there there is there is there is um thoughtfulness in its in its uh selective production value. Um, but yeah. like my 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 favorite change is when they're like sitting around the campfire and like Brad like stretches and he like uh like there's like a crack or something or like he just like makes a big motion about like stretching, and then Cassie's like. Oh, that's a good stretch. And Mort's like, you compliment him for a stretch <laughs> because she just doesn't understand this adult <laughs> adult dynamic of like, you guys are fucking like, you're you you don't have any kids, like you have the entire world, like what are you doing? And more importantly, like relationships are new to her. And right. and this line of dialogue, even though there's like no voice acting to it, you can read it as like coming off as sarcastic and sincere at the same time. There is also like it doesn't treat its adults as like I mean obviously like flawed characters are important but they're flawed mm-hmm. and very unique at, at least to me so like I grew up with like extended family basically every growing up everyone except my dad smoked and so like Cassidy like it, it being like a point of contention between Brad and Cassidy that Cassidy still smokes and that when she gets like frustrated or like doesn't want to talk to the kids she just lights up a cigarette is like a very like oh like I feel that like I feel like this thing. This object that is like kind of like, you know, a, a way it's it, for. I mean, I'm, I never smoked, so I can't really speak. But as I understand, being around smokers, smoking is ob- obviously a tough habit to to kick, and because it's addictive, but also it's like, it's 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 something that like it's something you can do with your hands. It's something that like, hey, I'm idle. Oh, I'm out in an outdoor event. I'll light up a cigarette, and it's interesting seeing that dynamic played in like with the two with the two married couple like. It's very easy to see, see a sense. scenario where this this whole game ends and then like we're getting a divorce. Like, oh. like it would be so easy to just write that way, but it, it doesn't. It's just like, hey, we have differences, we have frustrations with one another, but it's like sure. we still love each other. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of like some of my favorite dialogue. Uh, I, I there's lots of great little touches I like in the sequence you mentioned. Remords like 
I'm out in the woods. I'm going to pee in the woods, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. like, is trying to find the right spot and keeps every time you walk over to a bush in that little area in that scene, uh, the words come up one at a time and it's like, gonna pee in this bush. And yes. then if you try, it should be like, mm, I don't know. And then like, you go find another one and it's like, definitely this one. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and there's a, there's a bunch of different chances. <laughs> I don't know what the name, does that style have a name when you do like the big, like caption text over, over stuff? Like, Think, think uh, of like Civil War where it like cuts between locales and has like the big like now we're in Siberia and it's like I have no idea. I big don't think, text. I don't think so. Just big text. We're just going to call like it big that. text. I like big text. Uh, the the scary story was genuinely a very good moment. I, I loved that cutting in between every little section of the story because it, it cuts out of the, the text box, the big cover of the entire screen text box. Uh, to let you look around the campfire and see how everyone's like changing and reaction to the story. And it's pretty great that both of the adults are like getting actually creeped out. Meanwhile, yeah. Mord is like leaning closer and like incredibly excited. <laughs> it's like that. Did you guys ever read that Twitter thread about the guy when he was a kid? They had the homeless man living in their crawl space and then he died That's in the crawl space. Up. Yes, I remember uh, that. Real. It's real bad, real bad Twitter thread. Go seek that out if you really want to have a bad time. It's a bad um, time. Ben Ben tells a very good, very like almost believable horror story, and it's it's really funny how how Mord knows it's not real and is just having a great time drinking in the reaction of the adults. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. It's a good little it's a good little vignette. It's a good yeah. like. Uh, I'm looking at the update button right now on itch. I'm gonna click that. And oh, guess, I like uh, Glowbones. Mr. Glowbones is the best. Best character of the game. Glowbones. It's like that. Like those little like touches of that. Like they have this, they have this glow in the dark, like Halloween plastic skeleton, like human sized plastic skeleton that they just, it's just a tradition now that they set them up in their campsite. Like it's like, yeah, this Glowbones. Like we have, we bring glow, like don't forget Glowbones when we, when we pack <laughs> up the leave. Like that's such a nice little, mm-hmm. little, little nugget, little character morsel. Can uh, you forget Glowbones? You cannot forget uh, Glowbones. No. Yeah. Uh, Cassidy sneaking off to read trashy romance novels. Hell <laughs> um, yeah. The, the the mean teens. The mean teens. Those pieces of shit. And they curse out. They, they censor out all the profanity, but they're just like cursing up a storm. Yeah. Uh, you find some mean teens at one point. There's a... Uh, yeah. And like the... Damn, there's just good moments all around. It's, it's a time. wonderful little vignette tiny little warm summer story yeah and if you have that itch.io black lives matter charity bundle you have you it. own this game perfect yeah <laughs> along with probably a hundred visual novels yep yes <laughs> and they're all maybe installed <laughs> yeah i've not <laughs> dug fully into that collection there are so many games um, we love to see it since we're talking about narrative games, I want to briefly just bring up that Marvel's I, Avengers. Yes, exactly. The most the the most highly lauded. Yeah, that's the one. Game. Uh, no, Night in the Woods. I finally beat Night mm. in the Woods this year, guys. Oh, did you? I did after after years of helping Finji Finji booths at events. I played and completed Night in the Woods. Nelson, you're raising your hand. You have a question? I have not played nor completed Night in the Woods. Same here. Do you do you care? Wow, yes. neither of you. Uh, <gasps> I do. I expected better. 
better review, Alex. So do you I, care if I smile it? myself? I do. Okay. <laughs> I also care. I'm proud of you for for finishing it. It's interesting that none of us have. I mean, I don't know. It's it doesn't seem like happen. our kind of game. I, it's going to happen. I'm going to play it. Probably this oh, October will be a great time. all my kinds of games, games where it's just shirtless dudes and ladies slashing swords at if enemies. Slashing swords, huh? Uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if there's no lightsaber in it, I mean, do you guys I mean, even consider it a video game? Uh, you know, no. that's a good question. And the answer and is a, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you for this inspiration <laughs> on my new rubric. <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a one step flow chart has yeah. lightsaber yes no then not, not game. game yeah <laughs> um if lightsaber then game i did want to very briefly uh bounce off of uh white ocean big jacket to talk about uh, a small game series well, that i haven't I fucking talked about night in the woods yet alex god damn it Hang i'm not gonna this spoil it gonna but i'll give an opinion all right it's only going to take a minute. I just want to say Boku no Natsuyasumi. It's a Japanese-only game series. That's that, about, that's that train simulator, right? No. It's about being a kid and having the perfect summer vacation. And it's very funny how much these compare. Um, Interesting. Even though when I played through a couple of these games, I can't read Japanese. Uh... But you still get the exact same feel. And you get... There's a lot of similarities. And I just thought that was cute. Is there any... Or how'd you play it? Did you... Did, is there Emulator. any like, localization? Like fan fan localization? There are no translation patches. I think it's an incredibly obscure series. But I, I mean, it just... Just playing it is enough to feel... I don't know. Something. It's It's warm. It's a happy experience it, nothing there's no real goal you just have like a set amount of days and you're trying to fill them with as much adventure as possible i like the look of it oh yeah this art style is very uh reminds me of like chibi robo yeah a little Ooh. bit like kind of like th- thin lanky limbs it's very cute uh it's um yeah it's been japan only and there's been one for like every playstation console interesting Except for the PS4 for some reason. So it might be teetering off, but up until that point. Cool. Cool, yeah. cool, cool. But I just wanted to say, because it's very similar. If you liked the- White Ocean Big Jacket, check that out. Even if you can't read Japanese. like I can't read Japanese. I can- There's a... <laughs> Alex's, Alex's immense shame. Yeah. <laughs> read Japanese. These Duolingo courses going uncompleted nowhere i mean i took three years in high school but i mean that's basically all gone uh it's still (laughs) very very good the subtitle on the playstation 3 one just says summer holidays 20th century and it's the kid holding like a a butterfly net and i assume some sort of bug catching gear it's the purest uh it's the purest summer you could ever experience Standing it's out in the cafe. Very field. pure. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. So, Night in the Woods, I beat. Um. So yeah, I won't spoil it. I will. I would be interested in getting your guys' reaction in it. I think. Uh. I think I played that game too late. Oh really? Yeah. I think. Uh. After uh, you know being so entrenched in games and also like I don't know I I follow Scott Benson and 
that's a man that that tweets a lot and i will attribute part of my understanding of like leftist ideology at least in part to to him being on my timeline um that game just reads like scott's voice does it and that's not a bad thing it's just a voice i'm just relatively familiar with you're so used to it by now that i'm like oh i get it no yeah i get it uh, no i get it unions are good this town got fucked over by like the the coal industry no i get it hmm. and there's more to it than that i mean obviously there's nuance about interpersonal pl- relationships and, and a bunch of other stuff and what it means to grow up and deal with like anxiety and stress and, and all that stuff and like what what is the value of like higher education Right. both like financially and then socially um and it's good and it's written well and i think it's also like it's not only like is it written from scott's point of view it's that every character is not written the same but every character has like an equal level like every every character gets their licks in like every character is witty which is not a form of writing. And I think that's why a lot of people endear themselves to that game because it's like, oh, I know in every uh, interaction, it's, it's something's, something clever is going to get said. And everyone's going to say something clever in their own way. Like like uh, uh, the, the May's aunt, who is a cop, who he sh- May refers to as Aunt Mall Cop, will, will <laughs> at some point get something sarcastic in usually against like the the city council like the self-elected like not the city council they're like they're like a a homeowners association type of thing (laughs) they're like this weird thing that like sets up the town's events and they're just constantly bickering and you see them across town um she's eventually going to say something sarcastic against them your dad's going to say something funny against you greg's going to say something funny against you may's going to say sarcastic shit about every single topic you come across Mm -hmm. and it, it doesn't make it bad I don't think it's bad. I think it's good writing. I think it's funny. I think it's. I think it keeps you invested. But <laughs> there are no losers in that story. There's no mm. one that's like, oh, you know, this person is written a little different. Like Alex, we talked a little bit about uh, uh, your your impressions of Last of Us after you listened to that episode that went out, um, and you talking about you walking away from that game, kind of hating Joel, right? Yes. Um, and, and we talked about that on that episode, Nelson, it's like Mm -hmm. the events of the last of us part two, um, are in some ways validating to people that hate Joel. Um, and there really aren't any antagonists in night in the woods and there are a few, but they're so they're introduced so late in the game and they're only, they're not really, they're really more representations of things than they are actual characters that I don't know. I think I do like that game. I think it's a good game. I just don't think you just want somebody to hate. I don't even want somebody to hate. I think it's 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 one of those games that I feel like a lot of people point to as like, oh, this pushed the medium forward, especially from the indie side in terms of narrative. And I just I think I was just too late to that conversation. Like if I played this game when it, if I played this game in 2017, if I didn't do the thing I did where I bought Night in the Woods Day One, but it was also like the same week that Breath of the Wild came out, so I played that instead. If I went the other way and played Night in the Woods, like I might be more on in that in that category of being like this is an important this is a this is a mile marker this is a milestone in narrative and gaming. But like now that I'm coming at later, I'm just kind of like yeah, though it's still good, but but it's I different. Mean, I, same I, week I, as the Switch launch, huh? it was at least within a month or something it was it was it was pretty close spring 2017 um 
Yeah. No, I, I still think, I think people should play it, but I think, I don't know. It's interesting. I will. It's yeah. been on my short list for too long. It's good. I accidentally now spoiled I'm never going to play it. <laughs> I accidentally spoiled the ending to Xavier Nelson once when we were talking about it because he was Aww. like talking about it. I was like, oh, I, I, because you're talking about it, I'm assuming you understand the ending. And then like I said the ending and he was like, wait, what? I was like, oh, Oof. So, Oof. oh sorry, no. Xavier. Oh, no. All right. We have to talk. We have to talk at least some more news. We talked. We talked about the media news. Let's talk about the games news. There's so much games news. There's a lot of games news. Dear God, there's so oh much God. games news. Uh, I'm going to yeah, say some things. Um, Microsoft accidentally leaked that there was going to be a digital only Xbox Series X, and then they handled that in the most uh, 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 gracious manner possible. I think what they did was was probably what needed to happen. What is the meme? The meme with the sock puppet looking back and then looking forward. They just tweeted that out the night that the Xbox Series S got leaked with the price point, and they're like, well, here it is. That's it. Um, this is what so, it is. Yeah. So the 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 landscape has settled, gentlemen. We now know we now know all the consoles that are coming out. We know their prices. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. We got so we got Xbox Series X. All the ones coming out this year. Right. No. All, all the ones. Confirmed. No. These, these are the last ones forever. Okay. No great. More, no more video oh, games. Fucking finally. <laughs> um, Thank God. Xbox Series X. I'm so tired. Five hundred dollars. Xbox Series S. $300. PlayStation 5 with a disc tray, $500. PS5 without a disc tray, $400. What a fascinating landscape. And also, on top of all that, no software to justify buying either of those consoles this holiday season. Unless you're like super in a 4K. I yeah, mean, unless you like, if you don't have which, an Xbox or a PlayStation yet, that's it. Yeah, but if you don't have an Xbox or a PlayStation, ostensibly you could still find an Xbox One somewhere, and they'll be discounted. Right? But it's not going to be future proofed. Like, it's eventually not going to be to have any more games for it. Yeah, but you have at least a year, right? Like, yeah. micro. No, Microsoft said that. Didn't they say okay. that like? Right. cross-gen for the xbox is at least gonna last like 12 months or something yeah nintendo said they put out more games for the 3ds after the switch launched so hmm. well they did they just weren't any games anyone wanted to play <laughs> like did like didn't mario maker for 3ds come out after the switch launched um oh yeah, yeah i think that one did that was post-launch yeah it 100 <laughs> percent. also the luigi's mansion port which was good uh yeah, that's so that pisses me off. As someone that wants to replay Lu- Luigi's Mansion One, like, why'd you put it on the 3DS? Because <laughs> it's a good console. I mean, <laughs> it's a great it's, console. It's a great console. It's not a console I want to play games on anymore, though. <laughs> okay. So, so the get, question then from all of this is: Does anybody feel compelled one direction or the other? Oh, in terms of if uh, you want platform, one, yeah. there's, there's preferred no, platform, if any. There's no reason to get an Xbox. If you have a PC, there's if you no have reason a PC, to get an there's Xbox. no reason to get an Xbox. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a PC, yeah. So like, I, I think I think there's like a um. I heard this term and I understand it now and I hate it. But a prosumer, which a is prosumer. like uh, is there's there's general consumers and then there's like right before you get into like this person is going to buy everything. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm there, so I'm going to get a 3080 for my PC. I'm not going to get an Xbox. 
I can run uh, Cyberpunk 2077 three times over <laughs> with a 3080. Yeah, on my on my two on my two K screen, which is a hundred percent what I want to do with all my RTX turned all the way up. I think um, all the, I think all the four K stuff is just such bullshit. Like I, if people like if you want four K in your life, that's fine. Like that's not directed mm-hmm. at you, but I think like uh, if the chase to four K, like why do we need it? Like what I like, I don't think we do. I do understand. I completely understand the desire to play 4k games on your 4k tv which you already probably own because 4k tv has been around for a while um but the technology to play those games is not like if i were to play this is just this is just a very recent example i'm not trying to like throw this game under the mud more than i already have or under the bus more than i already have but if i were to play marvel's avengers Avengers, Uh um (laughs) there's there's two settings there's highest performance and 4k these consoles are basically saying like, Hey, what if you didn't have to choose? And I think that is, is a really compelling, uh, sales proposition when you have already owned a 4k television for a while, when you've already like been watching Netflix, like when you understand that, but how many people ultra HD, I don't know what the number is, but what I'm saying, and that's why like the S exists and that's, and that's like a whole different thing that turns but the into S, like, well, but if the you S, want the 1080. But the S can still upscale to, to 4K. It's not true 4K, but it can still mm. upscale to 4K. Like it's, I, I'm, just, I'm just asking the inherent question, like ignoring the consumer, ignoring the tech company side, like because tech companies are going to try to sell you whatever the fuck they can so you can buy a new television every two to three years because like that's that's the type of consumption we're dealing with now what reason do i have to get 4k like does a 4k image look that much better than a 1080p image yes i i i am saying i i think so i am also saying that as somebody who like really likes when things look not just crisper but smoother i in terms of like what resolution our eyeballs see as somewhere around like six to eight k is well, what I they would say, and I re- I read a thread by Freya Homer, um, who does like graphics programming and stuff for games, and she said that there's no like max, uh, or resolution. You're talking resolution. She was talking about frame rate, but the, mm. apparently there's no max frame rate that the eye can. It's not like the eye caps That's out true. at 120 FPS or something. Right there, there is no max frame rate, and there is a very noticeable difference between extreme frame rates, like. There are definitely PCs and monitors, essentially, because that's sure. one of the bigger keys that uh, can reach like 300 FPS, and it looks vastly different. I mean, when I built this PC, I got a 150 FPS monitor and did not realize how big of a difference that makes. It's kind um, of nuts. So, like, what does it do if the refresh rate is that high, but the game you're running a game, the game only runs at like 30, it's locked at like 30 or 60 or whatever, like does a game if 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 a game has a locked frame rate but the refresh rate of the monitor keeps going up does does that make a difference like does the game look worse if it's on a higher refresh screen if it has a locked frame rate no it just looks like a 30 fps game which can be disappointing but not really a problem your response uh time is going to be quicker though like sure it's going to look like it's reading inputs quicker but that's about it nelson you got a question the I think the follow-up question is 
why is that game running at a locked 30? Because I, 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 because I think, well, that's why I think these consoles are, are, I think that's why I think 4k gaming is enough of a big deal to say like, Oh yeah, these consoles coming out and saying we can run 4k games at, at least 60 frames a second is enough of a selling point because if because now people are starting to understand the difference between 30 and 60 frames a second sure i'm I'm and and i definitely think if it's like hey we are trying to push out the best image for your tell like if ratchet and clank ran at 1080 at 120 frames a second i'm sure it would be great but the fact that it can run at 4k with all of that going on and look that good and look and be that smooth i think like that's where the hey we can pull off 4k gaming stuff comes in i just really hate this cons- like as much as i like talking about like new consoles and stuff i like talking about new consoles from the perspective of like being a platform less so from like sure. check specs like i don't like mm-hmm. like we have we all have friends and we all might be <laughs> these people but like we all have Wait, friends what? that What's are just that? like super like consumer hoary that is just like i always gotta get the best tv always gotta get the best thing and i'm like like i never i never got a ps4 pro like i never saw a need to get it like and all these people that that bitch about like the ps4 sounding like a fucking jet engine when you're playing certain games like i never had that problem and it's like stuffed into it it's it's it sounds fine like it's really loud it's pretty fucking loud plug headphones into your goddamn controllers if it's that big of a deal to you like fucking like there are ways to deal that's with a this. band-aid like right. yeah it, it also maybe shouldn't be that loud Sure, fine, but I mean, like, it's a piece of technology. It is running fucking, like, a goddamn billion calculations a second to show you pretty pictures on the fucking screen. Like, it's, like, metal that's literally heating itself up so it can, like, do the things it needs to do. Like, I, I don't know. So is it's, my computer. It's it also... And it's your computer also, is, is as big as a fucking fish tank. Like, come on. <laughs> but it's not my made laptop, to fit in an entertainment so center. So, but here's the thing. Like, it, if it... If this is consumer technology, you have to then work around the consumer and all the consumer thoughts. That's why I get that. um, That's why, like, this new 3080, like, one of the biggest selling points, or the new 3000 series, one of the biggest selling points is it's quieter. Like, my, my graphics card is not that loud. If it could be quieter dope sure i mean my I ps4 is mine. fucking loud i can hear my 2080 right now through my through my headphones but i mean my great PS4. what if you didn't cool <laughs> be great, It'd be great I, what, for I, what i'm saying is everything. like the, these things exist for the people who want them and for the people who don't sure. that's fine i think i understand why the why the marketing push is is hey we can do 4k gaming sure. yeah, it's because that. that's the thing people can understand i get my look look we're gonna do some why do you hate video games still we're gonna do some internal psychoanalysis right now i had a, I had a great okay. talk with a with a friend a while back it's like you know what i don't hate things because i hate things i hate things because certain people make me hate things so it's like like i hate like what yeah. things represent like i don't inherently hate the the frame rate versus not that it's always a one or the other thing but like frame rate versus uh uh, uh resolution yeah um i have no problem with that conversation i do just very much hate when people are just like well, I'm just gonna get the best thing ever because I because I just that's what I do and uh, like it, I my brain has an inability to separate a topic from like the most bad faith yeah people <laughs> that discuss that topic. What um, you're saying is you have you have understandable emotional triggers based on past uh, conversational trauma. Yeah, 
I think that's fair. I do also I I think the middle not the middle ground. I think there are absolutely bad faith actors in the like frame rate versus graphics conversation. I'm just using that as an example. Um I think what's kind of cool is what technology seems to be working towards is that no longer being the question. It it seems like we're working towards but how does everything work together? Here's a question. I have a question. Mm-hmm. As mm-hmm. someone that doesn't own a television that has 4K or HDR, mm-hmm. would a game look any better on these new consoles to me? Probably not. Yeah. Well, it would, make a it, would it would run smoother. Right. Like a frame rate aside, that. like we can agree that like the, the games will like perform better. Like the performance. Yeah, okay, abilities. so other than performance. But like visually, I'm not like gonna get any sort of boon if I still have a 1080p Samsung from I mean five, five years ago or something. You'll be able to see ray tracing. Sure. I think is I think is like it's again, gonna that's, be that's the only the only real difference is, is like, hey, what can the hardware do now that it couldn't yeah. do a, a generation ago? And to me but that's I, fine. I don't think you're gonna see a world of difference on a, like, on a I'm, I'm also the guy that's still rocking like an iPhone 7 plus like so the day I finally pull the trigger and get a new phone it's going to be like a, a giant leap I've also not <laughs> replaced the battery on this thing so this thing lasts like half a day before I have to charge it but like one day I will eventually be like all right it's time to get a new TV um, and maybe get a little bit bigger because my current TV as it stands on the entertainment center is a little small or whatever and when I do that you'll come to us yes i will <laughs> with hat in hand on my knees i'm so <laughs> sorry i ever doubted you rtings.com all right so link this to you so there's new consoles so new consoles so uh and the uh, 3ds is dead dead in the water it's long live the 3ds i need to check if my 3ds still holds a charge because i have one of those special edition lime green amazon only 3ds's Ooh. and i already had to send it in once because something was fucked up with it uh the good news so. is i think a battery replacement isn't too hard to do yourself if you had to. no i don't think it is i, I also have to change the battery on my sp because that's dead too um but yeah all right so microsoft dropped the wall and accidentally leaked out their console and they handled that pretty well uh we had this playstation stream um where they Game announced showcase yes where they announced the price um anything on that on that thing anyone want to talk about Demon Souls uh, looks great. It looks pretty good. It looks th- there is a oh um I'm obviously excited for Miles Morales. I think that game presentation wise looks better than I expected it to. Like even just the tweaks with the HUD. Well, the thing about Miles Morales is that Miles Morales was my only reason to get a PS5. But now that it's on PS4, what? Yeah. Why would I? Why would I get a PS5 within yeah. the next six months? Why would I get a PS5 yeah. within the next six months? Like yeah, like, I will say um, this is not Demon Souls. That's for sure. I'm not gonna not play Demon fucking Souls. Demon Souls. So who cares? You're never gonna play Demon Souls. Um, never. I do think that there is something crazy about seeing the way light is, um, the way light is rendered in Spider-Man and Demon Souls, especially shows off like, oh fuck, this is very good technology. This is kind of insane, man. We talk about how disappointing it is that Demon Souls isn't coming to PC. <laughs> Deal with it. Yeah. They're just doing the, they're just doing the old Demon Souls <gasps> thing again. That's not like, what Jeff Keighley told me. Anything. <laughs> oh my god. Jeff Keighley said it's coming to PC. Oh, yeah. Final Fantasy 16 looks 
kind of cool. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with I, you. I'm kind of into it, but yeah. god damn it, I hate buying the new Final Fantasy and then be like, fuck, <laughs> this is just a Final Fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I I don't like how normal it looks. They it's did s- like traditional fantasy. It, it, yeah, it's it's really boring compared to old Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Other what Final is your fantasy what games. is your favorite visual aesthetic for Final Fantasy uh, the, for the group? Uh, FF one. Okay. 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 Um, either don't hate me for this. Either Final Fantasy Tactics. Okay. Oh. Yeah. I would also put that in my in my basket. Or Final Fantasy Spirits Within. <laughs> it would be. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Those are those are two very different things, uh, and I respect yeah. you for having <laughs> such such a varied. Um, view. I just like the weird. I, I I think it should be pushed in and in, in but, every direction. I feel like that has always been to me one of the coolest things Final Fantasy has been able to get away with. But technically, right. isn't, isn't that weird? Be hot bunny girls. Yes. <laughs> Shaking my head. Um, so the reason I like one, and I mean, like part of that is driven by like, uh, Brian Clevenger and, and Ape Theater, obviously having some nostalgia for that, but also like Final Fantasy one is very traditionally fantasy. And then the second you go past that game, <laughs> it, you get into your anime bullshit <laughs> that just like the rest of the series trades in and like, Hey, sometimes it's good anime bullshit. Like, I mean, I, I don't know how you guys convinced me to put, Final Fantasy 12 on a game of year list, but here we are. <laughs> um, it, do, it does look like... So, two things just really quick about 16. It does look like they are trying to do more, hey, this is fantasy stuff. Yeah. Um, and also, I was told that one of the... Um, somebody who worked on Devil May Cry 5's combat is working on this. So it's going to be worse. So it's going to be great than Final Fantasy 15. So it's going to be great. I, just, I never even had a problem with 15's combat. I just like, I felt nothing. Did you play Devil it. May Cry 5? Dylan? Yes. Yes, we all played Devil May Cry 5, Nelson. Why Why do you like that? Why do you not like good games? I have nothing wrong with I've character games. I've been asking myself the same question. Whatever. Oh, you like fucking so Monster here. Hunter. Don't, don't. So yeah. that's the other. That's my that's point. That's the other exciting thing in the PlayStation Showcase was... Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition. Featuring Virgil? Virgil. Okay, so that's a new edition. That's not like... That is a new edition. Okay. And it is is now tradition within the Devil May Cry series that the special edition adds Virgil. They did that with 3, they did that with 4, and now they're doing it with 5. Is the special edition PS5 exclusive? No. Okay. The special edition is... Ooh, actually, hang on. I think the special edition. So, all right, there's two differing um, things. Virgil is coming to the other platforms afterwards. Interesting. Um, as purchasable DLC. Oh, that's good. So you don't have to rebuy the whole game. Right. Hey, Control, I maybe you should take notes. Special edition is its own game. So you would have I to think... rebuy it on PS5. I think so. And I think oh, so there's no upgrade path from PS4 to PS5 with I don't believe so. And I think like if you look at the game, there's also um like more enemies in the special edition version, which makes me think that this is going to be a next gen only game. Um like they are rendering 
five times the enemies with with all the same animations and everything. That's, that's, that's a real marketing bullet point. That was five times the enemies. Yeah. yeah. In the PlayStation Four, do you think it was it ninety nine nights? Was basically that. If I buy if I buy PS Four Devil May Cry Five, and then download it onto my PS Five, you don't think there'll be an upgrade path to spend? Like even if it's a paid upgrade path, like oh, pay thirty dollars and you can get. I mean, it's a good question. I just couldn't tell you. Curious. Curious. And apparently, like, Capcom is not... There's a lot of weird botching of the... um, Of the uh, messaging. Oh, the the, the PS5 messaging has just been completely fucked. Like, down to the fact... Like, this pre-order, like, snafu is just ridiculous. Like, the fact that, like, fucking Jeff Keighley was the one out there saying, like, this is when pre-orders were unlocked for select retailers. Not saying which retailers there were. And then, like, going even further into, like... Every retailer was like, oh, I get they they mentioned the word pre-order and they showed the price. So I get we're going to unlock the pre-orders. And it was just a fight for like the next 24 hours of like who was going to get a PS5. And between it was really between Miles Morales coming to PS4 and seeing that shit show. I was like, I don't need this. I don't need this right now. Like I tried to get an analog pocket. I know what this is like. <laughs> At least, they, but I tried the, to get a 3080. I know what the, it's like. The thing about the analog pocket, yeah, the 3080 thing was also like ridiculous. But the analog pocket thing, it, it was short and sweet, right? Like my disappointment, it happened, and I was over it. Like the fucking like all these people that fucking like are just like dead eyeing Warrior 64's timeline, being like, "All right, where's it open now?" It's like, "Oh, Best Buy has one. Oh, it's gone. Or no, it's back." Like and like people like thinking they got a pre-order people doing like pre-orders at like walmart like fucking australia or like oh yeah all these pay hundreds of dollars for shipping (laughs) it's so so ridiculous and then like people like who actually get their amazon pre-orders and then get an email from amazon saying like hey you might get not get it on launch day it's like (laughs) this whole thing is just we should just not have consoles this year like (laughs) wait till the scrap 2020 Mm -hmm. i mean literally like come on like um two things one Sony did say that they apologized and then said there that there would be more stock up for pre-order, I believe, next week as of this recording. Right. Second thing, and this is on Capcom Unity, as a quick recap, Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition will be launching digitally day one on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X slash S. Uh, they are working on a physical version to launch at a later date, and they will be offering Virgil as paid DLC for Xbox One, PS4, and PC. It does not appear that special edition will be available on current generation consoles. So I don't know if there will be a, um, they did not list whether or not there's going to be a, an upgrade path. Right. But, but like if, if, but if the PS five supports nine, nine percent of PS four games, like they were that number they were touting, then, then you might own Devil May Cry five standard edition. Right. You could just download your standard PS4 edition to your PS5 plus the Virgil DLC and still mm-hmm. play it on there. Like it's not I'm the curious sp- if there're going to be tech add-ons to this where it's like, "Oh, we are going to add X, Y, and Z because this is the special edition." Well, I'm also curious if like what is the PlayStation Store options look like because like the i hate the way the playstation store is set up on the ps4 like it's like trying to find the download button for some of my stuff is like especially if it's dlc for a game like the hitman stuff is just bullshit um you have to like dig through so many sub menus but like all right in a world in a world where it's supporting backwards compatibility you're gonna go on the ps5 store and you're gonna have what an option for devil may cry standard edition right devil may cry 
special edition and then Devil May Cry standard edition DLC Virgil? Like, do you think they're going to let you do that? Or do you think they're just going to like, we're just not going to let you download the, the PS4 version? Just, I think they'll, I think what they'll have is two different SKUs. Well, this is like three different SKUs. Because, like, aren't there, like, other SKUs? Like, isn't, like, this? there's special edition. Oh, with, like, like, red orbs and sh- Oh, yeah, that's true. Like, aren't there other, like, pieces of DLC where they're, like, uh, cosmetic packs or shit for, if not for Devil May Cry 5, at least for most games? I think, I think those were pre-order only. I think the ones that you can get now are, like, hey, this plus red orbs, which I mean, is it, the currency in the game. Right. I mean, it goes into, like, the, all the bullshit that Control is going through, how people are, have to rebuy Control if they want to get it for the next... It's all... It's all over the fucking place. But, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh... I don't see a reason to get a, con- uh, uh, a new console this holiday. And if I were to get one, it would be a PlayStation 5, because there's literally no game that's going to be Xbox exclusive that's yeah. first party that I'm yeah. going to want to play. Um, oh, also, we didn't. We never talked about this. The Halo Infinite got delayed. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> to the oh, we spring. didn't talk about that? Weird. No. So, <laughs> well, I don't know what Microsoft has in terms of incentivized people to get it. So, Microsoft bought Bethesda. <laughs> yeah. They sure did. For, for they a sure lot. did. For $7.5 billion, which I have some, uh, I have some infographs here, everyone's favorite. Uh, oh yes, type of image. Um, Microsoft's largest acquisitions to date, um, LinkedIn for twenty six point two billion dollars, Skype for eight point five billion dollars, Zenimax slash Bethesda seven point five, GitHub also seven point five billion, Nokia seven point two billion, really, uh, and then Mojang. For two point five billion, being the Minecraft folks, right, so, right. So has it Bethes- always been pronounced Mojang? Yes. Uh, so I used to say Mojang, but I also used to say Mjolnir, and I was educated <laughs> that in like Scandinavian like languages, it is a soft J, so like fjord. Okay. Uh, so I am I've now been ex- saying Mojang my entire life. I've also. Been saying Mojang a lot, but given that it's Fjord and Mjolnir and mm-hmm. a soft J everywhere else, I Makes sense. Am, I'm assuming it's Mojang. Um, it's Mo. It's Mojang. They, it's, they came out and like confirmed it's it. It's Mojang. Hey, is their lead programmer programmer Yeb? <laughs> Yeb. <laughs> it's Yeb. <laughs> is that like is that like aspirational tier? redhead level for you alex people when i had the ponytail people said i looked like yeb or jeb don't Gosh. call him yeb <laughs> i'm pretty sure it's jeb in that context i don't okay, know it is okay i was legitimately asking <laughs> I, I might be wrong who knows <laughs> um and then also uh just for a point of comparison just in video game acquisitions in general uh uh, the Zenimax acquisition is the second largest acquisition overall with the largest being uh 10 cent buying supercell which i didn't know they owned for 8.6 billion and then we have king king.com being bought by activision for 5.9 billion moyang again for 2.5 billion by microsoft oculus being bought by facebook for two billion dollars flat and then uh bandai acquiring namco way back in the day for 1.7 billion hmm. so it's a lot of mul- and all cash by the way uh <laughs> cold not, hard cash just well a, i mean the the, the in the, on a plane 
the Mo Yang, yeah, they 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 dropped it over top Bethesda, Maryland. Um, and the big like money bunny money bags with the dollar sign on it, with yes. Master Chief doing a three point landing. <laughs> Chief, what are you doing? Finishing this merger and acquisition. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, um, good. But yeah, well, because the uh, I know the Mojang acquisition, at the very least, was like half equity, half cash. Like I think they mostly mm. gave no- Notch like stock, Microsoft stock, hmm. and then he took that and flew away to get his candy mansion. Um, right. But yeah, that's a big thing to drop, especially the day before they announced or they put out the pre-orders for the new Xbox. That's pretty wild. Makes it very worth it to grab that new Xbox. Well, it's it's weird because like this isn't like I saw saw some rando arguing on Twitter about this, but it was like uh, people apparently they're Xbox fanboys being like, yeah, we got to like awesome exclusives <laughs> from here on out, and it's like there's absolutely oh. zero guarantee <laughs> g- given like Microsoft's recent track record that they're going to make any of these. Zenimax, like I don't think the next Doom is going to be Xbox exclusive, like console Xbox exclusive. I don't think the next Fallout or the next Elder Scrolls is going to be Xbox exclusive. I think you'd be hard pressed to make Zenimax Bethesda make any of their games Xbox exclusive when they've yes. been traditionally on PC from the very beginning. Yeah, all of them. But in in fact, they came out and said like, "Hey, we the next Elder Scrolls is not going to be an Xbox exclusive. Don't worry about that. Like, yeah, and we're that, not we're not doing that. It's just that they are going to be under the Microsoft Game Studios umbrella. Right. And mm-hmm. and they, Microsoft is now publishing the PlayStation 5 exclusive Deathloop. Right. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but so the the thing that um, the thing that makes me say that it's a really great What's the what's the right word for it? Uh, value proposition. Uh huh. It's value prop. It's a really great value prop because, especially if you're doing that like thirty five dollar a month version of getting an Xbox Series X, you are getting all of the um, Xbox Live and Xbox Game Pass games, which they are now going to be bringing the the Bethesda games under that umbrella. Like they've already announced that what Doom Eternal is going to be the next Xbox game. Have they, have they announced that? I've been I I know Dishonored. I think Dishonored two just left Game Pass. Dishonored one or two. One of them just left, which but is they're like it come was back. Oh yeah, they're most assuredly yeah. are. It was just funny to see it like leave Game Pass and then a week later this you know acquisition being announced. Yeah, coming to Android and console Doom Eternal. Um, and this was posted September 29th. Right. Um, and then in the future, the, uh, the X cloud on iOS browsers, I guess, cause that's going to be their weird sidestep. Well, we can talk about that later. Cause that's, that's kind of tangential to this, but yeah, it's, it's wild. Like, I mean, Todd Howard put up like a, a write up cause he was talking about like, Hey, we, you know, are the history of Bethesda or the history of elder scrolls in particular has always kind of been like aligned with the history of Xbox. Cause like Morrowind was like kind of a big deal coming to the original xbox and then oblivion like was like a huge cornerstone for the early 360 um and so i think they have i don't know there's a lot of nostalgia there i think for the the shared the shared lineage between bethesda softworks and and microsoft consoles it's just weird it's like it's it's one of those things where it's like you never expected that company to get bought out by another because they they were the ones doing the acquisitions, right? Like they bought ID and 
Arcane. Did they buy right. Arcane or is Arcane founded internally? Arcane, uh, I think they bought it because Arcane was looking it up. Yeah, you do that. I don't want to get this wrong. Yeah, you do that. You you fact check me. You know what? Yes, I please. <laughs> um, and, and uh, there was a write up on uh, Polygon a little while ago. Uh, Chris Plant was talking about like kind of theorizing why this acquisition happened. Um, and apparently, I I I don't know if I ever knew this, but like on Zenimax's board, and if you don't know the structure, Zenimax Media owns Bethesda. And then, but I think does Zenimax then own the other own ID and Arcane, or do they own Bethesda? And then Bethesda owns ID and Arcane. I don't know what the structure is. I don't even remember any of what, that structure. Anymore. Whatever the case, it's really weird because Zenimax like is I think based out of Bethesda Maryland too. So I think like Zenimax like spun out, like became the business arm of Bethesda, the game studio, and. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff there, but like apparently people on that board include like the ousted CEO of CBS, Les Moonves, who was had to leave because of like sexual harassment. Oh no. <laughs> allegations like a year or two ago. Oh, no. Um so I think uh Chris Plant was speculating that there was like the the people on the board just kind of wanted to get out of the game. They wanted to they didn't want to run the company anymore. Oh, I also think Donald Trump's brother is also on that board. The one that just died? Oh, I can't remember. It might be. But yeah, it's it's weird. Uh being someone that really likes most Bethesda games, it's 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 weird to to see this happen. Other other bonus to um to Bethesda coming to the Microsoft umbrella. Yeah, are you gonna are you thinking the same thing I am? Play anywhere? Oh no, I wasn't thinking that. Okay. Because I was thinking like if 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 so much of Bethesda's sort of history is is mixed between the PC experience and uh, especially what you were talking about with Xbox. Then imagine what that means for the messaging of, hey, here's Play Anywhere. Like I'm thinking immediately you have really fantastic messaging that just says, hey, like this just makes sense for, for Bethesda. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to own Skyrim three more times and literally be able to play Doom on anything. Um it's in I mean hopefully like this allows them cuz I mean I feel like Bethesda especially with like Elder Scrolls they have really tried to like bring that Skyrim experience to a lot of like Elder Scrolls Blades is a game I tried and I thought it was okay. I wasn't like blown away by the experience, but I was like okay, like this is a a noble attempt at bringing like a fully fledged elder scrolls experience to mobile. Like it wasn't, it wasn't bad. It wasn't like fantastic. I think it was like, I don't know. It seemed like a spiritual successor to something like infinity blade. And I was like, that's cool. Um, that makes a yeah, lot of sense. If they want to, if they want to like try to bring those like fully fledged triple a experiences everywhere. Uh, I feel like Microsoft is 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 the place to do it am i still gonna get skyrim for alexa i'm waiting on that <laughs> eagle might and key where's where's skyrim for alexa um the thing i was thinking which is like immediately where my brain jumped is okay microsoft now owns bethesda they also own obsidian obsidian being the people that made fallout new vegas does this mean we get a Fallout New Vegas 2 sometime in the future? They also own In Exile Entertainment, 
who are the creators of Wasteland. And if you don't know, Wasteland was the predecessor to the original Fallout 1 and 2, the old school CRPG style over overhead isometric uh, Fallout games. And in Exile just put out Wasteland 3. So what the fuck is happening? <laughs> <laughs> and and how many of Dylan's dream games are we getting? Well, I mean, I I'm, I I have no uh, nostalgia for Wasteland. It never seemed like those really like deep seated CRPGs never oh, seemed like I something for me. Meant New Vegas too. I mean, and I anything would, else that could come out of that. I would be head over heels for New Vegas too. And someone tweeted at the official Obsidian Twitter and was like, "So does this mean New Vegas too?" And it was just shrug emoticon from <laughs> the <laughs> official Twitter. And I don't know. I mean, there's, it's, I mean, unless, unless like someone like Phil Spencer has like a real horse in that race, he's like, no, you're doing this now. And just like makes them, makes that deal happen. I don't, I don't think. I am cautiously optimistic for more arcane money, more arcane games. Yeah. I'm curious if that means they're going to pull, because I mean, like they had pretty much like shelved any idea of like a new prey or dishonored, right? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, I think they're just more interested in exploring new ideas. They just, so that's what came, that's what made Deathloop, you know, sort of come about from like, okay, we've done a cool System Shock tribute. We've done a cool Thief tribute. You know, what? what's another cool idea we can tackle? Perhaps you've heard of Bioshock. Oh? Well, you see, Bioshock was already a System Shock tribute, so. We're just going deeper down the hole. Yeah. It, they're all just recursive reflections of one another. Um, right. I'm actually okay with that. Exactly, hundred <laughs> <laughs> uh, percent. I saw John Carmack out out there saying he's excited to like potentially be able to talk to the company he founded again. Oh, because him and Zenimax did not uh, uh, go out on very good terms. I'm getting a quizzical look from Alex. Alex, I don't know if you remember. I didn't know this. I remember the a little bit of this. It was uh, Carmack went and left to work for oculus i think he's he's still there now right i believe so yep chief technology officer i think um mm-hmm. and then uh uh zenimax sued oculus because they claimed that when carmack left because they were internally working on like some vr tech they claimed that he took proprietary information over to oculus um uh... which basically like excommunicated him from any contact from from id uh so yeah so i think he's kind of excited to maybe talk to them again i mean i don't think he's he's like looking to work on any projects at it or anything but i think it's uh be nice to like be able to walk into the offices of the company you founded i mean that's the it's the video game equivalent of steve jobs being able to come back to the company that he founded sure like it's yeah i'm, I'm sure that that has to feel amazing yeah i mean especially since I don't know. I don't know if uh, he moved to the Valley when he got hired by Oculus. Because, I mean, like, it's it's in Houston, Austin, Dallas. Where's uh, QuakeCon? Do you know, Alex? QuakeCon is south. Some, no idea. Well, it's in Texas. I don't know QuakeCon where in Texas is. QuakeCon is in okay. Dallas. Okay. And id is in... I think it's in Austin or Dallas. It's... Sorry, it's actually making me type in id software. Is in Richardson, Texas. I think that's part Do of the Dallas-Fort Worth. No. no, I think it's part of the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, so yeah, that'd be cool. I don't know. like North of Dallas. 
anything anything else speculation wise anything you're excited about with this potential new partnership or scared i mean i know people are scared by the the constant uh, consolidation of video game companies i mean that's always a constant looming threat uh and and i'll go on record saying like hey some better anti-monopoly laws would be good yeah so, or just yes. did you hear this did you hear this uh this finding i i think congress yep. just d- determined that it was apple what were the apple companies? facebook microsoft google and then there was i thought it was amazon i don't think microsoft was listed i think it was just amazon mm, okay i think it was apple Maybe. amazon congress monopoly <laughs> man why did congress monopoly man come up <laughs> the congressional Google, monopoly amazon man. facebook and apple yeah not am um and amazon yeah, yeah google amazon facebook apple sorry mm. i keep wanting to throw microsoft in there for no reason in particular the, but, the four horsemen i believe is what they're referred to ah uh, yes, yes. Silicon that, valley yeah that that one uh investor dude but there is an opportunity for maybe maybe monopoly laws will start being enforced again yeah i wonder what that happens with with this because i mean it feels like microsoft is really running fast and loose with with acquiring game studios Mm -hmm. and seemingly like not really too concerned about how they're doing like i mean i'm not speaking from any experience like i know that like did anyone play bleeding edge that competitive multiplayer game that ninja theory put out earlier this year i wanted to i think microsoft is 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 playing the long game too much to 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 worry about that sure but i I, mean like that game like at peak concurrent players had like maybe a couple hundred mm -hmm. so it's like great that they're letting devs to experience yeah like to experiment but like at at some point like they're gonna be like all right now like we need some return on these huge investments. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what that's gonna um what that ends up looking like in a contract. Is it like, hey, you get one passion project that will fund and then one big mm. budget? I don't think I don't think it, well, they don't there there is no contract. Like they bought them, eh, they gave true. them money, they gave the the owners of the company money. It's like we own them now. Like they they don't have to true. make them sign contracts for anything. Uh because it's like we're now your bosses, you're gonna do what we say. And if they're altruistic bosses, they'll, you know, hit that perfect medium between commercially viable and creatively fulfilling. I don't I don't think they have to worry about Bethesda subsidiaries specifically making money because, I mean, like, you know, Bethesda software games have always been grand slams. Every Elder Scrolls and every Fallout seems commercially fantastic. And then I saw Jeff Grubb talking about how um if at like market rate like like a a 7.5 billion dollar acquisition um like they had that money laying around anyways and if it wasn't being used to acquire someone it was just going to sit in a bank account somewhere and accrue at like one percent interest and so like if the passive income of bethesda is greater than seven uh 7.5 million i think like if it's greater than one percent interest, if it's greater than the return they would have got just the money just sitting there, then they've already made back their money. Like mm-hmm. it's not like Bethesda okay. has to turn around and make seven point five billion dollars in sales. They have to make one percent over more than one percent return on that year over year. And and then that's fine. And like that's almost guaranteed with the g- kind of games oh, yeah. that they make. Like like everyone's been talking about. It's like 
Microsoft doesn't have those big prestige games anymore. They don't have those big blockbuster prestige games. Like they have Halo, which they've delayed. They have Gears, which Gears 5 came out, what, a year, year and a half ago? So like what what do they have on offer? And like if it's this, and this also like incentivizes more people to get into Game Pass, then like I mean like that's me. Like that's like I'm already in Game Pass and now like with every Bethesda game every future Bethesda and id game, like an arcane game guaranteed to come on game pass. It's like, it's a no brainer. It's like, it's I'm there. And if they put their back catalog on there, Ooh. like hell yeah. Like what they really I need even to do about that is like, they need to put their back. Like, so I like, I, I rebought fallout three on PC, like maybe two years ago. And I did a completely new starting from scratch playthrough of fallout three, but that game is so broken. <laughs> on pc it is like <laughs> frustratingly broken because i originally played yes. on 360 and the 360 port you know runs pretty good but there are just like hard lock bugs in the pc version and not only that that game still tries to ping a games for windows live server when you boot it up so it will fail on boot if if it because of that so there are like there are you know fan patches out there to be like all right we've made like a dummy proxy server that just like runs in the background that it's going to ping because like they never patched this out and then like oh thankfully thankfully fallout 3 has controller support on pc i think it was the first bethesda game to do that i tried playing oblivion for the first time on pc a little while ago and that has zero controller support uh and that's just frustrating as hell. And I, and I haven't found like a good like controller mapper patch for that that works well. So I hope my hope would be that they like make those games available. Like like there's some uh, uniformity if they make those available on Game Pass, where it's like, hey, these are all these all like we've we've went and updated them, and they we fixed all these major you know the classic Bethesda bugs that are rampant in their games. Like we fixed all that, and we've uh we've we've polished them up a little bit like i don't need a visual upgrade but like at the very least like some some user experience upgrades would be would be nice on all those games and yeah doom 64 and pc (laughs) (laughs) do that too i I mean now that you mentioned well that's already done i've got it is that on pc i thought it was only on switch oh no 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 no. he's got it uh if you pre-ordered doom eternal you just got it Wow. wow oh never mind i thought you had an emulator if you want to know, he's probably got it there too. <laughs> I, why would I get a Switch emulator? I have a Switch. It's, it's an N64 emulator, Alex. Keep up. Oh, oh. All right, all right. Um, Anything else on the Bethesda acquisition? Anything? No. No, shaking no. heads. Alex, are you, are you excited for any any other id, id slash arcane stuff? Um. I mean, yeah, always. Is there anything I, I, in like cold storage that they haven't touched in a while that you'd want them to possibly <laughs> bring back? Um, Commander Keen, I don't know. <laughs> They're doing that mobile I, Commander Keen game. I watched the. Oh, jeez, I actually don't care for that. <laughs> um, I watched the no clip on Arcane's unfinished projects, though, and I'm sort of curious to see if we'll see those. Probably not, but they're gonna um, bring back the the original Prey Two. Native Ooh, American nice. and Pre-core. aliens and the yes, yeah, yeah skip pray three, mm-hmm. pray four, pray 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 four, pray 
pray, but the E is a four, which makes it seem more like the biblical pray. Yes, yes. And, very oh, religious. A very religious. It's going to be very board. Christian. Yeah. It's going to be like painkiller. I was just thinking you do a crossover between that and Doom Eternal with like the angels that are evil or whatever, and then you just you just mash it up. The makers. Mm-hmm. Just mash it up. Yes. That. The, con, the yeah. con makers. What is the... Who owns Bulletstorm? Isn't that an epic thing? That's... um. People, people can fly. fly. What to say? Gearbox. No, that's epic. You sure. Um, yeah. Well, oh, publishers, Gearbox. Yeah. Publishers, EA and Gearbox developers. People can fly. Epic Games, Psionics. Ah. I, I always thought that was. Uh, I guess that like looks close enough to like Rage Two. Yes. I just like they occupy the same space in my head. I I remember them being Gearbox because they added Duke Nukem at one point. Great. Like, Duke Nukem's a playable character in one of the Bulletstorms. Interesting. The Bulletstorm? Yeah, I think there's I only, think there's only one, one Bulletstorm, but also, like, a Bulletstorm Expanded Edition. Yeah, and that's full the clip one edition. Duke Nukem. The... Yeah. I'm here to chew gum. That's it. Just chew gum. <laughs> the court said I can't say ass anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say ass. I have to do sensitivity training. <laughs> oh, God, I just said it. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess that's all we have to say on, on Bethesda. I mean, I think it's cool. Like, you know, games are cool. I think it's cool. Video I mean, games, man. I mean, I always, always in the back of my head, I, I keep having that like, oh, man, hope I'm not like buying all my games at Activision, Blizzard, Microsoft, Sony, <laughs> GameStop one day. Because that'd be Ouch. that'd be Reggie scary. Reggie Fils-Aimé's GameStop, <laughs> Reggie Fils-Aimé's <laughs> Funko Land. Well, hold on, hold on, we're on to something. <laughs> Home of the Bigfoot Pizza. Yes, that, please. That's not entirely far off from where we're at now, and not entirely bad. <laughs> yeah, Harvard Business Reviews. Reggie Fils-Aimé. Reggie Fils-Aimé's GameStop. I'm nodding furiously. <laughs> All right, well, back to our regularly scheduled WordCast. Anything else from this PS5 event? Oh, we... All right. Let's talk about Harry Potter. Oh, okay. Can I can I if remove myself to. from this part of the conversation? <laughs> do you not? Do you not want to talk about... No, no, no. I mean, like, the game one, looks one fine. Joanne they, rolling. Right. The game looks, the game looks good. They have said we are removing, we are not consulting with her. She doesn't matter. Which right. is just unfortunate. She's yeah. still going to get a shit ton of money. Or she's already gotten a shit ton of money from this. Like, I don't know how yeah. licensing fees for this this work. Because, I mean, it is a, it is a Warner Brothers game. Um, and Avalanche is making it? Is this is this just cause Avalanche or is this a different Avalanche? I would assume it's the same Avalanche. Because um, there used to be a Disney's Avalanche, which were the Disney Infinity people. And I don't think they're around anymore. Yeah, I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> it's made <laughs> me it's made me uneasy about just assuming there's a single Avalanche game developer out there. They well, are the Disney Infinity Avalanche. Fascinating. Huh. That's fucking fascinating. I'm so okay. glad I caught that. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. Don't buy the game if you don't want to support a transform. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of the long and short of it. Yeah. It's a lot of people worked on that game, but I mean, like, we don't, I don't know if like the end consumer is the one that's like responsible for making sure 
employees aren't mistreated by their corporate overlord. Yeah, then uh, I don't know. We're already Buy fucked up. Potter game for zero dollars instead. <laughs> that directly <laughs> has commentary on JK Rowling's transphobia. Honestly, just buy Potter Game for zero dollars. And also has Vanish Me Poopums as a spell. <laughs> right. Superior <laughs> game. The Potter Game. Potter Game is definitely our this year's Yonoi 2. <laughs> Absolutely. Amazing. Like, it's already uh, obtained that status in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Dedicated poop vanishing button. <laughs> I think, yeah, it's, it's this year's dab button. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. There's a conversation that's been happening about the rolling stuff and like, do I need to go and cover up my Deathly Hallows tattoo? And like, as someone that's a, identifies as a Harry Potter fan, but not like a Harry Potter super fan. I don't know. I think like everyone has to grapple with that in their own way. But I think it's real shitty if, if you go down the path of like, well, I'm just choosing to ignore it or like it doesn't, it doesn't affect the, my enjoyment of the, of the, of the books. Because if you start, you know, as adults looking at the books without rose-colored glasses, there's still some pretty gross stuff in in Harry Potter. Some not great shit. Like I mean, like how self slavery as like a accepted thing is, is oh, yeah. the obvious one, but also like goblins being obvious Jewish caricatures. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a good take earlier this morning about like uh, it's very weird that J.K. Rowling has like an almost like nostalgic, sympathetic view of the very. Uh, conservative uh, boarding school <laughs> system in England. Interesting. Because, I mean, this game is definitely a... a cel- I mean, uh, Harry Potter is definitely a celebration of, of that kind of stuff. Um, how are there... There are four types of people. You got good people. You got smart people. Uh, you have white supremacists. <laughs> and then you have boring people. <laughs> um, I, I think it's kind of interesting that this is such a perfect encapsulation of hey, when you don't when something doesn't affect you, you don't realize like, Hey, here are all of the really shitty things. Like everybody pointing out like what you're, what you're doing now, just pointing out like the very obvious coded language of, of the things that are in the book that when the media is like, Hey, we're going to talk about like all this, all this really incredible stuff about the book and about the series. You kind of just gloss over that because it doesn't directly affect you. And I think this is one of the greatest examples of, yeah, you saw it as this, but what it's really saying is that is you saw it as X. What it's saying is Y, or this is or Y is what it means to me, somebody who is directly affected by this this house elf slavery thing, so, or 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 the goblin thing. And everyone is you know discussing death of an death of the author as a talking point. Dan Cotting's favorite mm. uh, literary analysis phrase. Um, <laughs> about how this affects you know their reading and like death of the author obviously traditionally is about whether or not the authorial intent of the creator you know should play a role in your consumption but we are kind of uh i think textual analysis has like expanded it to like if if the author is a shitty person what do you do then yeah also i feel like authors should be you should be able to call out your authors you should be able to critique your authors in in the context of like no, nothing is nothing exists outside of context, right? I mean, you you have the text, you have the context, and you have mm-hmm. the subtext, mm-hmm. and the subtext of Harry Potter being, oh, goblins are Jews, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, like people have been grappling like the the changes in social norms and how that affects people's nostalgia for things like. 
what I can't enjoy American Beauty anymore because Kevin Spacey's a piece of shit. And I'm like, I don't. I mean, like that's your choice to make, but like it really depends on like how you tackle it. Like you can say like I still really, uh, you know, American Beauty is still a, a huge major influence on my life. And Kevin Spacey is a piece of shit. Yeah, it's like it's tainted by Kevin Spacey. Or you can say like, I'm just going to ignore the Kevin Spacey shit and like just let me enjoy. It really boils down to like the let people enjoy things meme. Um, and it's like, I don't know. Like, I think I think there's still stuff to come from Harry Potter. And I think there's still like value in the analysis of it as a story. But I think it also says has a lot of like gross subtext. And I think like, Yes, you buying this new Harry Potter game as much as as cool as I think it is, you're still complicit in putting money in J.K. Rowling's pocket. I think there's also a bit of like, if if your discussion is, yeah, it sucks that X, Y, and Z, but then your argument is, I don't care about the bad part. Like I I think I think if you, I think there is more nuance that is possible around hey, I want to enjoy this and critique the thing that the, or critique the person that this came from or, hey, I want to talk about this thing that I really love and I also want to talk about all the bullshit that there is. I love professional wrestling. Professional wrestling is fucking awful for a lot of people. Um, and I am one of the first people to tell you that. So, like, I love the good things i hate the bad things and i will absolutely tell you all the bad things and i think we need to be more comfortable with that yeah like i think like the the easiest example of that in, in wrestling fandom it's like no one is like out here being like yeah hulk hogan like like even when they like try to i mean well for, i mean at least in my circles like i think and i don't you know i'm not like deeply entrenched in wrestling fandom well, but like yeah welcome to the welcome to the minority circles of uh, wrestling fandom <laughs> But also like, the minority circles of wrestling. Ah, okay, yes. Um yeah, so maybe so maybe a lot of people. I mean like obviously like WWE's I think has like tried in some ways to like resuscitate his career uh which is gross in, in and some of ways, yeah. yeah. But yeah. um at all his yeah. But I mean at least from uh, the few people basically the the intersection of 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 uh game industry and wrestling fandom which is all I see uh, it doesn't seem like people are like, oh man, we just get, we just need to give, you know, give Hulk Hogan a chance. Right. So I don't know. At least I feel like people are at least coming, coming to terms with what it mean. What does it mean when things they like are also super problematic? And yes. how, do, how, do, how do you deal with that? Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, it, like I would, I would love to enjoy this Harry Potter game, but like, I can't ignore like shit attached to it right and the negative effect what it means if i were to if i were to spend money on it mm-hmm. um so yeah all right we're uh we're coming up on on time uh as i've as i've been told um alex yes sir pick a game <laughs> any game any oh, game you got, you got you got five minutes <laughs> oh shit um well okay we need to get this one out of the way Disco Elysium. Oh, I, I thought you were gonna say Resident Evil. <laughs> no, no. I listen. I can't talk about how good Resident Evil is in five minutes. I need way more time. So, and we both like haven't even finished Disco Elysium. So let's talk about how good Disco uh, Elysium neither, neither is so of us, far. Neither of us have gotten out of the first day. Yes. Also, let's let's be plainly clear. Oh, good. Not just me. So I don't even know how far along I am in that game. Uh, but so far, extremely good. I just need to find more drive to finish it. I need like a guidebook. 
I need the Prima strategy guide for Disco Elysium. <laughs> I've been trying really hard to like not resort to going to like I think I might have once, but it's really I, my tactic for that game is just to poke and prod at things and like yes. when I find traction just kind of pull on that thread and then when it like when that thread runs out of steam, this is a great metaphor. I, I go and try find another thread. I I, I kind of have to applaud the game for all of that feeling perfectly like a detective who has lost his memory. <laughs> what else are you supposed to do? You poke and plod until you find a thread, and then if the thread runs out. Um, so far, I've gotten a game over twice in the same space. Um, yes. Through loss of morale? Yes. It's talking wild. To that, talking to that lady, I thought, I keep thinking this is going to work eventually, and it's talking to that really rich lady and asking her for money <laughs> just to see if that will solve the quest where you need to pay for your your previous night in the hotel before you can stay there again it stresses me out that there's a time constraint to this game because like it makes it seem like yeah. if you don't get that guy his fucking money by a certain time in the first day like that that's also a game over and mm-hmm. i don't know what that means because like what happens if like your autosave is only like 10 in-game minutes before that deadline then like have you just like should i have like staged out my saves so i could save scum backwards um i think the game is basically just a bunch of skill checks but they're just so specific like weird types of skill checks like the character has just this inner monologue of just like all these different parts of his psyche and they're just very they're just fascinating part like there's one if i had to pick the gold of this game it would be the inner monologues I mean the 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 sense of it actually captures how I and I assume most people like think to themselves to try and solve a problem to try and like work through a situation. Uh, it, it's it's very much like you've got monkey brain and lizard brain, like all these different voices that you kind of use to rationalize things and how they interact to create a working living person and it's right it's brilliantly written from that front too i think i i don't think i don't think i think like this like obviously i have an inner monologue but like this game is so much more um uh codified and personified with its inner monologue like it's very like if you think of like crazy jane from doom patrol it's like that kind of mm. thing where it's mm-hmm. like each each voice has its own like there's a thespian like inner monologue that's just obsessed with like the most dramatic like results in any sort of exchange and he'll pipe up it was like but we have to do it for the drama and like <laughs> ask you to make or there's one called like inlaid empire which i think is like partially like your intuition like your ability to perceive huh. your inland like, empire is sort of like the, the sherlock thinking room or whatever it's the mind palace the mind palace yeah the space where you create a scenario um, interesting to, to there's also one through it it's like called spirit du corps and it's like about your like uh uh, uh your, your like sense late. of duty excuse me right your, your yeah. esprit du corps okay. that's it yeah but i it's think a French but, term. okay is it specifically is it sense of duty or is it even more specifically like how pro cop were you because that's what i that's how i interpreted it like it wasn't like it wasn't like generic duty it was basically like okay like i gotta i gotta do this one for the boys it's a Which bit might of be both. the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Um. I. I think it's both a sense of loyalty to your job and a sense of loyalty to like the people around you, particularly Kim. your servicemen. Yeah. Right. Uh. Kim is excellent. Kim is great. Kim deals with so much of my bullshit all the fucking time. No one. No one supports you more. I find yourself a man like Kim. 
That's, no. that's just all I gotta <laughs> say. Uh, <laughs> uh, some of the funniest moments so far have been like accidentally tackling a woman in a wheelchair. Um, mm-hmm. I forget how exactly that plays out, but there's like a woman coming through on a wheelchair and she's like about to slip, and like your actions are, uh, <laughs> to like one of them I, I, is to like escape. stop her or or jump in the way or something, and and if you fuck it up, then you just like run right into her and it's one of the rare moments where the game is like fully animated and you see your character start to just run wait no i know what it is i pick this is one of the options when the clerk at the hotel asks you to pay your bill (laughs) and one of the options and i was like i can't not pick this is just run away <laughs> and and your character breaks into a full sprint towards the front door <laughs> and then like jumps into a leap to leap out like of the John front door Weed and then a, an old woman in a wheelchair comes into the front door right at that moment and you crash into her and it's just it's beautiful <laughs> even even better and and this is going to be like just a a slight spoiler for this one moment in the game very early on even better as you are jumping away he is doing a John Woo double wield gun middle finger <laughs> yes! to the clerk. Right. And then he hits the lady. And that's how you die in the in the beginning of the game. That's how I died in the beginning of the game. That's great. It's and a, it's a real game over. It starts you at the beginning. It's such oh, a wow, golden yeah. moment. Although, I think like, it, it like, takes you back to that, like the dark. Right, right, yeah. right. Like it, emerging. Even that interaction is great because it's like it's, it's very, really cool. it's very lizard brain. It's like you're coming out of the primordial ooze, and it's like mm-hmm. you're just cu- waking up after a really bad bender. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite. I think any interaction with Kuno is that his name? The kid, the shitty kid, Kuno Nos. I think I don't. I can't do that he, accent. That's good. No, I was good. Is, I want to get this character's name right. Is that it's Kuno. Is it Kuno? Okay. Yeah, okay. Kuno. All right. It's Kuno. I'll, I'll double it's check. I'll double it's check. It's Kuno. Yes. Isco. Yes. Elite. Yeah. It's Kuno with a C. For some reason, I thought that's it was Kuno with what a K. it is. Mm. Um. Yeah. Every interaction with him, I I I like, and I like that it builds. It's not like so many in in, in these types of like CRPGs. You interact with a character once. And like that's it. It's like okay, I've extinguished all of my interaction juice with you. I have like I have I've I've sucked all the marrow out of this bone. I don't need to interact with you ever again. Like so- nothing seems to stop in this game. Everything right. builds off of itself. It, it's yeah. pretty wild from just like a work standpoint. I think the reason for that is because they constrain the scope of the area that you explore. It's like because you're just kind of cycling through this one area of town. It's not like you know they have to also think about like this giant ever expanding world but kuno is exactly the kind of shit heel kid that i would have hated um and trying to interact with he's like kuno don't care to talk to you fucking pick and just like never <laughs> helping and so the ways that you always like get one over on kuno are just like magnificent so like i'm also going to spoil some stuff but like so kuno stands next to this guy that was that basically the crime you're investigating is this guy is being got strung up and and lynched on this tree and you're trying to investigate his murder and like one of the things you have to do is you have to get him down so kim can inspect the body and the uh one, one of the ways first you can get real him- detective quests is like trying to get over the the smell and the the horror so that you can do that and one of the skill checks is how do I get him down? And you can choose. I don't know if there are other options, but like one of the biggest options is just all right, just shoot because he's not hung up by a rope. He's hung up by a uh, just like a, a a winch belt 
And as someone that has put up many a boat on a on a trailer and it has <laughs> <It's true. laughs> intimate familiarity with these kinds of belts, these are very strong belts. Um, but basically, you can uh, choose to shoot it down. And like while you're trying to shoot it, Kuno is like just calling out shit at you. It's like, you're going to fucking miss. You're going to fucking miss. And if you don't, it just stops him dead in his tracks. And you just are constantly like trying to get information out of this kid because he keeps fucking like being around the crime scene throwing rocks at the body (laughs) yeah just a real piece of shit and so there's one interaction that inevitably leads up to like you're trying to get information but i was like hey have you seen anyone around here what what's that did you see this particular person around here he's like kuno don't care kuno not no fucking snitch and this inevitably leads to an option where you can just fucking lay this kid out (laughs) and i have never clicked a button faster in my life oh my god (laughs) But it's this because this game is limitedly animated, and for this one, the 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 everything in the world just kind of like lightly animates. There's like tree, there's like leaves rustling and shit, and like for this, everything just kind of like goes quiet and still for a sec, and then it just zooms in on you looking at Kuno, and then just like without even a second's hesitation, just like crack, just like just right on the bridge of the nose, just knock this kid on his ass, <laughs> and it yeah. is. He gets up and he's like nose is bleeding. He like wipes those away. He's like okay i respect you now like he will he will then, right. like, give you the answers you need um you wouldn't have gotten that if you didn't like already hate that kid if it didn't like build up to that particular interaction i i man i'm a big fan of the sequence that you can get earlier on you're talking to the hotel clerk who is has mentioned some girl trouble and i think it's a an employee of his or, or like a fellow employee that he's he's been dating and you ask for her phone number so you can get details about the case but you can call her get details about the case and then be like so how's your relationship with the with the other hotel employee right yes and you can yeah. you could try and dive into that and the inner monologue is so brilliant of like trying to yeah, just <laughs> trying like... to get her to like open up about that and i love where it goes if you if you fail and, and, and you're like picking some of the worst options of just like i'm here for you i'm like a big brother <laughs> you know you gotta listen to... <laughs> even though you're Amazing. this complete stranger police officer that has never interacted with this person before right and and she's like <laughs> like thoroughly creeped out and and like your inner <laughs> monologue is something like misogyny be damned this this has to happen <laughs> oh my god it's been it's really good yeah. i i want to talk about it more but maybe we'll talk about that once we've played some more of it um yeah i think the big thing for me i saw someone write a piece about it about how it's like it's uh um i guess optional pro-communist leanings aren't as well uh articulated as they could be like it's it's pretty muddy and i don't know if that's intentional or not or just like a failings of like understanding those types of economic theories um i i'm I'm interested in digging into that more um but i don't know that was that was a fully fledged episode yeah my friends sure was sure sure was it sure was sure was um one day we'll talk about this apple versus epic stuff maybe probably not after it's all said and done (laughs) we could just (laughs) talk about the smoldering crater that that exists afterwards they all agree on something that's just like oh well oops yeah it's just a big just out of court it's all gonna be settled out of court probably i don't know but i want it i wanted to go to court i want to see that i want (laughs) to see that fight but uh yeah um 
Nelson, just tell me right here and now. Okay. Should I buy Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2? Do you have a lot of affection for Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2? I have a lot of affection for Tony Hawk's Underground 2. Which this no, u- don't buy this. But this uses the, the, the Thug 2 uh, trick set. Like, spine transfers were not a thing in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Do you need a game to play that's just like, I'm just going to get in this and I'm just going to... I'm just gonna live my life. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna rephrase this question. How hard are you gonna fight for this game for best games play? Oh, not that hard. <laughs> okay, I think it's fun. Well, I don't then think I would it... say you guys should play Mario 3D All Stars. Oh boy, I'll I'll, I'll tell you what That's I can a... do. Oh boy, is oh, God, play all three of those on an emulator. Uh-huh. Yeah, without mm-hmm. paying sixty dollars mm-hmm. and get the exact same experience. Yeah, but you can't play it on I'll Switch. Just go then. Play it. Yeah, I don't care. I'll just go play Devil May Cry 5 again. No! <laughs> no! I won't. I All right, might. Nelson, where can people find you playing Devil May Cry 5? <laughs> you can find me at Twitter, where I'm probably going to complain about um, how badly I dislike Marvel's Avengers. And you can uh, also find me at Wittico, Witta.co, W-H-I-T-T-I.co. That'll link you to everything. Um, I didn't say it right this time, but at Wittico on everything. And also, let me just let me just let me not forget the video game book club. That's videogamebook.club, the um the other show that I do where we talk about games that maybe we should have played a long time ago. Most recently, the episode coming out soon is going to be for Final Fantasy 7. The original, but boy do we talk about the remake a lot because fuck that game. <laughs> <laughs> Woof. Uh Alex, where can people find you? Uh on the streets of Richmond, Virginia. We in the streets. Yeah. We in the streets. Wearing a full face mask covering nose and mouth securely. Uh Hell yeah. and online anywhere that you find the username Godan. That's G H O D A N. If you want to look for me on Twitter, there's an underscore at the end. Cool. Uh and you can find me at Dylan Lento. And if you like this podcast, you want to listen to any of our other podcasts, you can find them at ward-games.com or on Twitter at wardvideogames or wherever podcasts are found, just search wardcast. That's another one in the books, gentlemen. We'll see you next time.